when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is Tuesday, August 24th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 421. I am your host, Austin Walker. I'm joined today by Rob Zachney. Good morning. Ricardo Contreras. Yo. And uh, coming fresh from filing a big story he's been working on all summer, Patrick Kleppe. Hello, I'm here with the brain fog. Thank you to my youngest daughter. Not COVID. Just, Not COVID, just brain fog? Just brain fog. Yeah, I guess people use that term a lot with COVID. So as soon as I said it, it was like, ah, I don't have COVID. It's yeah, right. just, it's you, just, yeah. a, it's just a, a cold that that drags. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm here. Plus it's a Monday morning. And it's, it's, a, it's a, lot, a lot of things are going on. All at once. And you filed that story, which I'm sure feels like post posts yeah, i haven't filed a long story in a minute but i remember that feeling of being like oh there's relief but there's also like what's that part of my brain do anymore you know see like i'm closing exact- the windows but I, I don't free the ram up immediately i feel i feel no excitement i only feel dread before i hit mm. a publish over all of the things that i could have potentially have gotten wrong Fucked or up. how yeah. how have i uh, compromised my, you know my sources or, a, or like like yeah. what what did i miss over the court like that's what makes writing a story that takes like two days so much easier to deal with because there's just so many uh, like fewer variables as opposed to like a piece like this where I, you know, spent months picking at it and like rewriting it, you know, six different times. And it's like, I just don't know. I've lost, I've lost the thread. Um, and then the brain fog doesn't, doesn't help, but it's out there. And so, <laughs> you know, it's my mistake to own and Emmanuel's and Emmanuel's. We, we both go down with the ship, but I think we're okay. <laughs> Based on Uni- based on Unity's eternal reaction, I think we're, yeah. I think we're I think we're okay. So this is this is a story that just went up on on waypointadvice.com uh, about some some relationships that maybe people working at Unity, the widely used uh, game yeah, development you've engine. Se- you've seen the little cube when you've uh, yes. opened up, most likely a uh, an indie game. It is it is used in some AAA development, but that yeah. is like the, increasingly. The I think that the, the, like it had been like the go to indie platform for so long and i think a lot in a lot of people's minds was like well you would use unreal for a big thing and then it feels like both of those platforms and platform holders worked in the opposite direction over the last few years where unreal took a lot of epic took a lot of very important steps to like try to get more people onto unreal including smaller developers and unity has gained enough of a reputation as a solid platform that that it has been picked up by a number of middle you know middle sized yeah uh, well, I don't I don't want to like uh, this is, yeah uh, be uh, too uh, shorter but I believe part like one of the core issues with Unity was just like the bigger the space the bigger the more problems Unity had and so that's right. like really simplifying like it's it's tech issues but I do believe that was like one of the core why you saw smaller teams you know, glom onto it also because, you know, the licensing and yada, yada, the finances right. work out better, I believe, on, right. on Unity's side. But yeah, so uh, the, the piece is titled uh, Unity Workers Question Company Ethics That Expands from 
video games to war, um, the high level uh, sort of like what this story is about. It is uh, me talking to a number of sources, a mixture of you know current and ex-employees um, and uh, reading through a series of documents related to what uh, Unity calls its GovTech division, which it is a branch of the, the company that uh, largely deals with uh, building artificial intelligence technologies, um, stuff that is a part of their, you know, like what powers your video games. I didn't Unity just, who bought Speedtree? Was that Unreal or was that Unity? Someone just, just bought Speedtree. Did they? Uh, I missed this. I missed yes. Speedtree um, acquisition. Unity. Yeah, Unity okay. just bought it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Unity also just bought Parsec, uh, I believe. Oh, I, um, you know, I saw that. Huh. I did see that one. Yes, that's um, so. So Unity, I think, in, in, in our minds is a, a company that, uh, oh, they just like they help these little upstart little indies. They're just making they're going to make their video game dreams come true. And Unity's just got the tools to, to let them do it. Um, and I think that is sort of like the public face of, of the company to to a large degree, at least like people in our position or, mm-hmm. you know, people that uh, boot up video games. But, yeah, they they have a number of other. This is a huge company at this point. There's a public evaluation of. Uh, let me find the billion. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, in yeah, it went public last huh. year and it's valued at thirty three billion. So this is not. Whew, this right. is a company that is that is that is scoped beyond um, engine making specifically, and they are in like a lot of technology companies, like in the business of where else can this technology be used? Um, and one of the ways that is awfully common for cutting edge technology to get used is. With the government, um, and yeah. specifically with uh, the military, um, who is, you know, has historically always looked to different technology sectors um, in order to find an edge. And if you if you do any research in the story, we'll walk you through it. And there are links to to other pieces like the military is, you know, they are they've been at the forefront of AR and VR and all sorts of things that they can try and um, you know, use something to 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 get an edge, you know, uh, militarily. Um, and so it's not a surprise that they would also look to a company like Unity, who is, you know, AI is, you know, of the, I guess, not, I guess emerging is probably not the right term anymore, but like of the technologies that companies are investing in and talking about, like AI is going to be such a huge part, probably for worse, um, of all of our futures um, uh, going forward. And, and Unity is doing a lot of work there and their, their gov tech division is one in which um, they, they work with uh, you know, the, both the, the U S government uh, and, and associated militaries like the air force and department of defense. Um, but my understanding is they also work, you know, globally um, with, with companies and, you know, this, you know, this story kind of walks you through the concerns that lots of employees have starting um, on, on a base level of, should we be in the business of even working with right. uh, groups uh, like this. Um, if we are going to work with groups like this, what are the safeguards or uh, guardrails that are in place? Um, uh, specifically, uh, you know, a, a lot of the the ethical issues at Unity have been borne out in uh, from a number of years ago. They worked with a, an oil company um, that prompted a bunch of internal ethical questions. Um, they were trying to help this company move its data into the to the cloud. Because every company, I guess, also works on things like moving data to the cloud, because why not? Um, and it was like moments like that that prompted sort of an internal reckoning. Well, maybe not reckoning, but there was a, a, a council created that is meant to advise the company on contracts gotcha. it takes. Um, this council, which is made up um, of you know a mixture of, I believe, executives, employees, um, the, these people can advise 
uh, but do not necessarily uh, they do not decree uh, what happens. Like you know, the buck stops with. Uh, I was gonna say, do they have any power to actually? They have intercede? no. For, they have no formal power to prevent a contract from going through. They can issue a recommendation. Um, this this council. Uh, uh, ultimately, the buck stops with ex uh, EA CEO John Riccatello, who once uh, he was at EA and then left EA. Then came back to EA, then left EA again, and then after that um, came over to Unity and is now their CEO and has been guiding them through becoming a public company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the buck ultimately stops uh, with uh, Riccatello in terms of what kinds of contracts they're going to work with. And really, like at the at the heart of the story is we don't is employees saying we don't know what this technology is necessarily being used for, but what is the you know the military's like primary goal like you know, to engage in, in war, whether it is domestic or foreign. Um, and there is a feeling that no matter how innocuous it may seem mm-hmm. of a technology that you're working on, you don't know, is that, is that being used to harm people? Is that being used in a way that would not square with your own ethics and morals? And is it even possible for the company to vet contracts to a degree, to write contracts to a degree that you prevent that when the very group that you're working with, right. their stated goal is go- – the end state is to have an advantage uh, militarily to enact harm uh, on, on other people. Right. We, we, we have to be, we have to be um, smarter than to fall into the trap of talking about ethics as uh, only in the most direct res- – uh, uh, the most direct outcome uh, terminology, like it doesn't. Yes, the they're not coding bullets to be shot into people's bodies. But when you understand that the organization that you're helping uh, and, and any and any leg up they have uh, is part of a larger strategy of uh, kind of global imperialist uh, uh, positioning, domination, etc. You have to be like, okay, I'm good with that. I'm good with not adding a bullet to their magazine necessarily, but I'm good with giving them something that gives them further advantage in a mission uh, that that is much larger than any on the on the ground on you know uh, you know boots on the ground conflict. Because that's not even how the U.S. military thinks about war at this point. It is not like, oh, what is our specific set of armaments that that it provides? There's a long term project that is about pressure that is about being one step ahead on uh battlefields real and and imagined and and cyber you know digital at this point like all over the place right and so you can say like yes the work that we did was only towards this like ied detection but that ied detection opens up uh basically opens up fronts to be safer and to allow wars to go longer, to allow certain conflicts to be um, – this is a lot like a conversation we had on an episode of Reset back at the beginning of the year when we were talking about uh, uh, the ways in which VR um, uh, uh, trauma processing techniques were being deployed uh, by the US military. Um, and and the, one of the ways to think about this is that like does this thing that pr- pr- you know potentially produces more safety – or more security for troops in in a certain place, does it then allow the military to remain in that place longer? Does it allow the military to extend its operations? And does it prevent uh, or does it does it you know belong to a portfolio of technologies that allows you to get the consent from 
you kind of Americans writ large, can you now point to a thing and say, look, we have all this new technology that makes war safer than ever uh, to get the sort of popular approval to continue fighting wars that otherwise would be too costly to continue in in the public imagination at least. Also on a, on a base uh, so level, it's be more, more complex than are we making a bomb, you know? Right, right. And also on a base level, it's like employees are like, hey, I didn't come here to do this. Like right. I came here because like I have a specialization in like AI and like machine learning and I built a cool thing and then the sales team goes and like <laughs> gives it to the government. And like, so like that's a lot of this is like, there's, there's, there's often frequently employees working on what they think is just cool shit, but be, the mere existence of the GovTech division means that you cannot be 100% sure that the cool thing that you're working on won't then be used for some other application. And sure, there's certainly the philosophical like pitch of like, look, if you don't do it, someone else will, which is probably the business end of Unity being like, yeah, like this is all inevitable. Like some other company's going to do it. We might as well cash it in. But it's like these employees didn't sign, didn't sign up for that inevitability and would like to have a little more transparency. And if nothing else, know that there is a council that has teeth that can say, look, if this is uh, if this is going to exist here, the council should exist to be able to do things that are a little more heady than just making a recommendation to the CEO and crossing right. their fingers. Because at that point, then employees can make a choice. Like, this is not a company that by the sheer existence of GovTech and their contracts does not align with my values. And they can make they can make a choice or try to make a choice to, to get themselves out of that situation or to work with their manager to, to specifically make like, you know, like it's just, it's the lack of agency uh, or ability to have agency on the part of a lot of employees was driving a lot of the anxiety of folks that I was speaking to um, and, and why they wanted to come forward and try and hold unity to, to some account for something that seemed to be happening quite a bit in secret. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's a, to, to your point of the, or to the, to the thought though of, um, you know, if we don't do it, somebody else will. I, I think it's probably, it is probably worth echoing that uh, in the sense that, you know, one of the responses I've seen immediately to this is to shout out other different development tools. And I think that it's important to, to know that those are out there and that like, yes, like Godot is an engine that has been, I've seen picked up by a lot of, of small teams in the same way that Unity was picked up by a lot of small teams you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, when it was first kind of getting kind of uh, uh, traction, maybe less than that even. Uh, I don't know. I actually realized now, like, damn, how long have I known what Unity is? Um, but <laughs> the pressures that lead this to, that lead them to make this choice don't come from like three people at the top of the company going like, <laughs> we can get government money. Uh, it, it comes from an entire structure. I mean, those people are also do are, are also doing that, but anybody in that role is going to be doing that because that's what the structure of the market for tech companies looks like right now. If you're not taking government contracts, then that is that is revenue that you're denying. And if you have any sort of VC oversight, if you have anyone who is like, hey, you need to be maximizing this profit. Hey, we gave you money because we knew that this tech company had the opportunity to blow up and it was not going to blow up by making tools to make video games. It was going to blow up because eventually it would supplement that income with all of these other contracts across a much wider tech application. And like at that point, we have to talk about changing big things structurally. And I think, I think largely we're talking about, you know, changing the way companies get funded, changing the ways that, that companies, uh, who makes decisions inside of companies moving it from five people up top to something more broad, Rob? I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple other things I want, want to point out here is one, um, as a society, like 
military funding is one of the only things that now goes through our sclerotic yep. government. Um, there was a time that the United States government funded a lot of what's called like basic research or applied research and had grants out there that were intended for this idea of uh, social and technological progress. Now, did a lot of that stuff end up still being like, you know, advancement ends up eventually funneling back into the war machine? Yeah, absolutely. But like if you talk to people in like biology, for instance, um, it, it can be excruciating to get funding for like basic right. bio research because like science, science funding budgets are really bad. But to make up for that lack, you also have now a lot of government apparatus that exists to pour money into those basic research fields under the guise of uh, like defense funding. And that way it goes through because that's what always gets sort of rubber stamped through Congress. Um so it gets even, I think, a little bit murkier than that, because at this point, there's so much science and research being sort of swept under this rug of like, yeah, it's for defense. And it's like maybe at some point in 30 years, it's for defense. But like this is a lot of basic, like just doing doing the sort of research that used to just be considered like basic science uh, 30 years ago. And I think a lot of companies and universities now exist in the space where if you're going around looking for like who's who's on tap to fund uh, this this idea that doesn't have an application yet, but like is still probably good to start like pushing the boundaries of a lot of times the person there with the money is DARPA uh, or it's like some sort of evil uh, like pharmaceutical. But even the evil pharmaceutical is probably taking government money. Uh, and then just taking the patent on the back end. So, like, I think that's that's another element of this that's going on. And there's one quote that is in this piece that I wanted to – I don't know how to evaluate it. And so I'd be curious to hear what people think. Uh, Patrick, it's from that AI researcher uh, where they say, I got into AI with the expectation that I'd be building technology for the greater good or some nonsense like that. You learn pretty quick, though, that cozying up to war pro- warfare profiteers is the fastest way to make money pretty much universally in the tech industry. And I think like it's interesting that so much of this does center on AI because it feels like AI is always like where the rubber meets the road right now in terms of like te- technology ethics, in part because it feels like that is a that is a field that has a problem of AI runs on big data sets. Who mm-hmm. has access to big data sets and who needs big data sets to get something done? And so I think it's it's also one of those things where you know we say. You get into AI to do cool shit. I am curious, is AI a field where it's possible to do cool shit that isn't also very dangerous shit or potentially harmful shit? I don't know enough about the state of the field to comment on that. But like, I was surprised that like, it's AI that's the vector through this. I figured when I, when I saw that when you were when you were talking about this story, I was like, yeah, I'll, be, I'll bet the DoD is like powering flight sims or combat sims with like and they, and they do tech. and they do and, that, and that's yeah. just them licen- that's, <laughs> and they do like that's them but that's them just licensing. Hey, right. we need a cheap engine tool. Can we get like a Unity Pro, Pro license? Which is you know mm-hmm. how these relationships started. Which is like the military has been and but they've been doing that with Unreal. I mean like that is and that's just. That's just normal stuff. Like I don't, you know, I guess you could you could hold these companies accountable for just don't issue a license to the government. Like I guess that's a thing they could do, but um, in this situation, it's it goes far far beyond that. This is this is them, you know. This is Unity establishing a division that is like, hey, GovTech is meant to like work with, educate, and like have relationships with, you know, uh, uh, domestic and foreign governments and, and militaries for the explicit purpose of advertising. Here's the technology suites that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically in here, there's a quote where 
um, in one of the public facing presentations, you know, one of their GovTech folks is like, and in the pursuit of developing new products, you know, like, what do you need? Like, how, how, how can we, how can we accommodate? Like, what can we, you know, we have all of these, you know, Uni is the type of place that is going to attract, that can probably pay, you know, really high salaries to folks who are especially working in things like AI. Um, you probably can't yeah. pay them high enough because that's where like all the, a, lo- a lot of the, um, you know, work is happening in Silicon Valley. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Rob. Like actually a huge part of why the story took as long as it did. It was like, I got a bunch of documents that I could not. It's like, wow, <laughs> I know this is important. <laughs> Don't know what any of this shit means. Um, and was, it was a lot of like just educating myself, trying to, work with sources, understanding like, wh- okay, what wh- what of all this is, is worth explaining to people to, to try and give them grasp what, you know, what is happening on a high level um, that they should be concerned about. And I, you know, I should point out, you know, it's always interesting once you write a story and you're ready to ask a company to respond to it, how they respond is frequently super telling. Like, you know, when Emmanuel and I, who's primarily the person I worked with on the story, you know, you feel like you got all your buttons in a row. You've brought in someone like, you know, uh, Jason to like look it over again. It's like, all right, we're going to send the questions. And the questions are frequently like a way of without revealing all of the details of your story. Here's what you have. Um, and then seeing if you can get the company to fill in some blanks, even if they're misleading or to like... <laughs> But maybe point out that like you've misread something that you need to like go back and address. Like it's kind of like a a way of playing a little bit of poker before you hit live on on the piece. Um, and you know this was this was an instance in which uh, the company was very quick to get back to us, very quick to agree to like give a response. And then as soon as the response was given to us, as opposed to a a lengthy set of questions. It was more just a lengthy statement, which is at the, the bottom of the piece itself. Um, a very similar version of that message went out from John Riccatello to the company wide Slack. Gotcha. Um, and it was not, it was not to the GovTech division. It was not to the AI division. It was to the whole company, um, which was like our first early indicator. They're like, all right, like we nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, we're yeah, good. Yeah, like, yeah. like the company is a little bit nervous and, is yeah. it feel, feels the need to respond not to just like their employees. Cause the first thing you're thinking is like, all right, have I buttoned up my sources to the point where, you know, you, and you try and warn sources where like, look, you're coming forward with, you know, confident documents, confidential documents. Like I, they may try to find out who you are. Like I'm going to do my best to, to button that up. Um, but you know, you're, you're taking a certain risk the moment that you, breach with with a reporter and I, I have to try and be as honest as I can with my sources that like I you know I can't I can't guarantee everything I'm going to do everything in my power to work with you and whereas with this one it was just like the company I mean I don't know what'll happen like ultimately but like the company's response was like oh all the sources are fine <laughs> like that would be good like the company has like much higher level concerns uh at the at this point to, to where uh, uh this will come out when the same day that, uh, that Riccatello is going to be holding a town hall where he, the response to his Slack message right. was intense enough that they now feel compelled to have a town hall. Well, they're already going to have a town hall. This was but like now this town hall is going. The town to hall be. is going to start off talking about this topic because I think what has occurred is I think I don't think Unity doesn't hide the fact that they do this work. Like it's on their website. Right. They have public presentations, but they don't. You know, it's not like they're going out blasting press releases and like informing 
gaming reporters. And I, I don't know that they're going around like rah rahing to everyone about it. And so I think this was kind of a moment internally where there were a lot of people at the company who are, feel pretty complicated yeah. about realizing this is even happening at Unity. Um, and you know, what does that mean going forward? Well, I love the detail in your story that like they use this GovTech moniker to avoid saying that it's well, DOD. Right? right, that it's like just uh, you know, it's GovTech, it's GovTech contract. Yeah, but well, okay, asked, so yeah. What? How many? Like, there's a great detail. How many contracts that are GovTech are not DoD? And what was it? One was the answer. Yeah, they could come up with the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And I think I think I think a detail that didn't make it into the story mm-hmm. was when someone was like, "Could we?" Someone asked, like, "Could we tr- try?" So the government's big. Like, there's some good parts. They're like, "Well, we're thinking about NASA." I think it was like one of the responses. <laughs> it was like, you know, because I think that's. I think rather than you got to earlier when people thought like they're getting into AI. I think that's what they think. They. I think there are people hung up on a past idealism of a way that government at yeah. one point to some degree did spend. Like when we, you know, the, the common, you know. uh, you know, story of like, oh, well, where the, the the internet come from? Well, technically, like, it was a DARPA thing, like, came out of the government, which technically the military, but like, that was a, well, okay, I don't know, is the internet a, a net positive? Probably. Uh, right. But, but. It, I think, I think that is what people, like, when you get a quote like that, I mm-hmm. think that's people growing up thinking about stories like that and being like, can I contribute to something that meaningful, that culturally uh, society right. changing? And like, is it possible to do that through this, this vector? And I think the reality is like that's just not really how a lot of government funding works anymore. And the reason so many companies turn to the government uh, spigot is, like you said, because it keeps running. Um, it is it like this there's, a, there's, a, there's a reason yeah. other than uh, ex uh, Oculus, you know, co-founder Palmer Lucky being like a degenerate. <laughs> like, like there's a reason like he goes to go work on like uh, drones for the military operating on the border because, you know, what you can you can be guaranteed of. That there's money for it. Like, it's just not going to be hard. And it comes in big it. blocks. Yeah. Like, it's like one of those things. I think this also extends to, like, why does industry tend to concentrate? Like, why does, tro- like, w- what happened to AA games to some extent? Like, you know what's so much harder than, like, selling one big thing to one big client is selling equal value yeah, monetarily into- to, like, 20 different clients, 100. Like, Unity's business uh like they're just like the government they can't compete like they can't compete in terms of like game development licenses with the government just coming along and being like here's a here's a bunch of parcels of a billion dollars a piece uh to talk to talk about like uh to have this research done and so yeah it's very easy to get pulled into this because the easiest uh and most stabilizing thing you can do for your business i want to go back to something you asked earlier rob uh a detail in that question which was what's up with AI and machine learning right now? Um, because I've spoken to a lot of people who work in that field broadly. And to lay it out a little bit, because I don't know how many people... If you're in our generation, we heard AI a lot growing up through science fiction and 60 Minutes, you know, one-off. The, oh, AI could be redefining the Skynet. future of computer. It's coming. Skynet. And right, it's it's coming. Still, By it's that, still, I mean the T-1000. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, and what happened was, no... No, the way that we had to make AIs didn't work. You're making AIs based on just like sitting a bunch of people down and trying to program something that could learn from a set of rules by through running a, a simulation over and over again until it got better at things, etc. The thing that changed is, is the internet happened and no one gives a fuck about their data. And so we have 
we, like you said before, the government has huge stores of data, um, which have become a sort of natural resource uh, in a sense um, that they can then exploit in the same way that they would if they had stumbled onto a new fuel source, right? Um, and it's that data that allows machine learning, which is a subset of AI, to function. And the thing that I've heard from people in machine learning is that it's really exciting for people because of how quick you can make it do things that look flashy. Uh, go back to the episodes we talked about AI Dungeon. Think about DLSS uh, in just in the world of games. And it's like, oh, yeah, wow, look, you take a big data set, you put it through the system, and look, you get something. Um, and that's way more advanced in terms of the output than what we were getting from kind of rule-based AI in the 80s and the 90s. And so all of the people who you normally – who you know – the government always has eyes bigger than their stomach. They're always going to green light, especially the, the DOD, especially DARPA, right? They're going to green light stuff just to see if it works because they have the budget to do that. And if it falls apart, it falls apart. But who cares? Because one in a hundred is going to revolutionize the way they do war, right? That's the model, basically. And the with machine learning, instead of it feeling like it's one out of a hundred, it's like, oh, my God. This shit keeps hitting. It actually works. And so will there be uh, some some, you know – Something we haven't even thought of yet in terms of military application that comes out of machine learning. It feels like yes, because it has all these other immediate applications across so many different fields and because the government has such a, a surplus of data available to feed it, you know? Um, and so that's kind of the story that I've heard when I've talked to machine learning people. Um, it's worth saying also, you know, I immediately saw uh, uh, a, a AI and machine learning uh, researcher who kind of uh, walks the line between games and broader uh, uh, broader AI stuff. Um, the, this is Mike Cook, who founded Proc Jam, uh, the procedural like generation uh, jam years ago. Um, uh, quote tweet that piece uh, and basically say, "Listen." If Unity's employees can demand better of their company that pays that pays them their salary, can't we as as game AI researchers demand better of conferences that are organized by our friends and colleagues? Because inside of that scene, there is a lot of getting the military military coming to supporting sponsoring AI research conferences, game research conferences, things like that. And and it's it's I suspect that we are I suspect that this conversation has been happening behind closed doors in various sectors of machine learning and AI and, and game development stuff for years. And this is just like, that's part, I mean, that's part of what your your story basically says is this fight was already happening internally. That's how you end up with sources to begin with. Right. You um, have people who get frustrated. Be right. And exactly. Like, look like, okay, like we've tried it one way. Now right. we're going to try it right. another way. Um, but I do, I think it, I think as you know, you're, as you pointed out, like that, that person is pointing to, like a really endemic problem, which is, okay, how do you tell people to get like say no to the free handout? That's like really that's like that's probably really challenging when like someone is just willing to write you a check to do the thing that you want to do that you think is cool, but then at the same time you're doing it for <laughs> a very deeply conflicted, <laughs> complicated mm -hmm. actor. That's that's tough. I'm I, you know, I'm I'm I I think it's easy to to poo-poo it from a distance and you know, probably feels icky even to the people when they're involved in it. But, you know, I, I, I can I see how it happens. I mean, I think that's less of what's happening here. <laughs> this is right, unity, right, you know, right. ca cashing in um, as opposed to sort of like individual researchers or, or conferences that are just how do you put how do we afford to put butts in seats? And it's like, oh, great. Well, the U.S. Air Force is willing to subsidize 
renting the facility or, or however it pans out. But, but this um, is how you end yeah. up in a crisis as a field, though, when it's like, OK, right. well, we're not going to do DOD contracts, only uh, major uh, medical companies <laughs> and uh, like Facebook and Google. That's who we're going to develop AI for. And it's like, is that better? Like, I mean, again, like who, who has need of, of massive AI programs and who has the data to feed them? Again, probably not people you feel great about. And so I think it's I don't know. I am, I am curious, like. Where is I, I genuinely I'm curious where, where are people making the case for like, here's good AI right here right. are not just like things that are useful applications of it, because there's a ton of useful shit that's come through right. questionable channels. But like, what are the like, what's the AI that's been developed uh, that exists in a framework that is not like actively contributing to like harm uh, in some corner of the world? Um but that's that's you know just that is me having a side question. Uh, people write in. I I know we have people in this field who listen. I'm curious. Give us some give us some some sources to put in front of Rob. Resources to read. Rob will read those resources. I trust. Well, and I, also, I, I, my guess my guess is we have enough people who listen to this that actually work in those fields. So that's what I'm I mean, saying. I, I feel yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is something we could. Well, I just mean this is like. Like write in anonymously. Like we'll chat. We'll revisit this on Thursday. Um, yeah. Like if if you know if we can get people to write in about <laughs> being tortured by their you know, you know fifth grade musical uh, teachers, right. I feel like we also have to have machine learning uh, yeah. folks that can can help uh, make us smarter. Um, because Always, he, please. Because I you know I get to, I got to the end of writing this piece and reporting it out, and it's just like I I learned enough to write the piece and feel confident. And enough other people who know more about it, like signed off on it, but at the same time, feel like I just barely scratched. Yeah. Cause I think I feel like when you, when you say AI and machine learning, I think like you mentioned us, like because of the generation we grew up in, it still feels kind of just sci-fi to me as opposed to an actual thing. Um, and maybe that will just be, I don't know. That's like less so or more so for like my kids who just grow up where that's just, they're growing up with a, you know, a robot they talk to and ask for music and, you know, uh, what time it is and what the weather is like, that's, that's just, and I know that's not, you know, I mean, th that's a byproduct of machine learning, um, and things like that. Cause that's how they, uh, you know, make, make it easier for you to talk to the thing and it understands your, you know, your voice, but I don't know, weird, bad, probably bad, but then you can ask the weather in your room, I guess. So see, I'm over here building Galactica or I'm like no networked computers, uh, <laughs> where, where I'm like, just, just my humble NAS. Uh -huh. We'll 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 feed we'll feed the family and it doesn't need to talk because <laughs> it's the talking that gets you into trouble. The the box doesn't understand language. The box needs to send your voice to somewhere else that understands language, <laughs> and that's where you run into trouble. And also the whole like, oh, it's not listening to you. It just knows when you say, hey, listen to me. Uh, but other than that, it doesn't it doesn't hear shit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I really do. All right. We should take a break. That was a good long <laughs> segment, but we have to talk about twelve minutes, and I think that oh that gosh. needs. Do we want to do that right away? Do we want to like tuck that at the end? Like, because I feel like it's gonna be a big long spoiler thing. Ha Austin's been charging Dude. up his meter. Right, I don't know how long we. Okay, uh, let's you know, let's come back. Let's hit other stuff. And That's we'll what do I that. was thinking. But are we gonna do questions at the end? Because I got some some questions too. Do we want to save those mm. for next? It's what a, do we want to do? It's a full show. We'll see where we're at after Psychonauts and the thing. Well, how, how, about, how about this? How about this? How about this? I'll propose this because you feel like you got the energy. 
Kato is a he can he can move things around. You just want to yeah. come back and just record it and get it out of your system, and then Kato can just put it at the end. This is true. Kato can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do, do that. that. Okay, let's do All that. Right. Let's get this while we still have the. And energy. leave this yes. in. I want people to know. Yeah, this, this is how is, we this did is, this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Show them how those sausages made. All right, we'll be right back. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You're speaking about games that uh, have a lot to say about the internal psychology of, of their characters. Patrick, I heard you played some Psychonauts too. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, played the, a preview version of Psychonauts 2 and interviewed uh, a couple members of the development team, including Tim Schafer. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I need to, I don't know. We, we have to come back a couple of days later. I have mixed feelings. I like what I have okay. seen. Um, it's interesting to play Psychonauts 2 and having just played Ratchet and Clank, although mm-hmm. those, those are games with very different aims. It's been interesting to see how Ratchet and Clank has evolved over time to become a more narratively focused game in step with what expectations are for these sort of like action platformy sort of things. Whereas Psychonauts was a game that had a really cool and interesting story, but the gameplay was like kind of a repetitive mess. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've played, I don't know, three or four hours of the, the the second one. I, I'm still, it still feels like it felt like the story has just gotten its footing and is about to hit the gas. And so I'm loath to say too much about, where I feel about it because I need to get a little bit deeper to get a sense of what, what is this? Because so much of the early hours feel like it feels like a game that's been in development for a very long time. feels like a game from a different era in terms of just the sheer amount of kind of pointless collectibles that are around the, and directly compared to a game like Ratchet and Clank, where they give you a lot of tools to make sure it's like practical for you to find this stuff. Whereas a lot of Psychonauts 2 feels Hey, actually, we're going to tell you point blank. You're just not going to get everything on the first way through because you don't have the tools to do it. And I don't know that these worlds seem like the types of worlds that I want to go through two or three times times, with those. I was so pissed the first time it was like, you don't have the baggage tag for this purse. And I was like, fuck you. Give me the purse. Right. And there's a lot of that to the point where I like. Some of those things are hidden away and squirreled away to such a degree. Like, I'm not going to remember that that's here if I was to come back. Like, these these levels are not necessarily – they are, at least early on, like, they're fairly linear. Like, they're they're not the, like these big sprawling maps. But they are aesthetically convoluted in a really delightful way, right? That's kind of like the whole Psychonauts aesthetic. But to a degree, they're like, man, I don't remember where A to B is necessarily to find – where that like little doodad was. And so I, what I mostly just had to do is like make the conscious decision after three or four hours, like, all right, this is the kind of game where I'm not going to do this. I, what I'm here for is to engage with that stuff to the degree 
that is right in front of me, but not get hung up on uh, what I haven't found. If you are the type of person who's like, that's going to be like a bit of a nervous tick. Like, boy, this game doesn't seem to give you the tools to like do anything other than go look up a guide afterwards and like do the cleanup. I don't, that's not how I like to play games. That's why I've liked some of the, the tools, like how Sony introduced with the PS5 UI stuff, which seemed neat at launch, but nobody seems to have done much of <laughs> in the year, in the years since, but just trying to find different ways for players to, to track that stuff down. All that is to say, uh, I just don't have much to say about this, the story quite yet because like the story has just started. Like we've, they've kind of got some of the foundational stuff out of the way. The big a plot seems to be about to start and there's some cool stylistic stuff. I really like the cast of characters, but I'm like just now spending enough time with them to form opinions on it. I guess like the short version is like, it seems like Psychonauts 2. I don't know that it's going to like convince anyone that didn't find the first game charming. I also think you can jump into this one and like, you don't like, you'll be all right. Like, I don't, I don't know that you need to like make it through the original game. Although it's like very easy to do that. It's on game pass. It's not like all the ports of it are are very good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like Psychonauts 2. And then I, now I just need to figure out the reviews are extremely glowing, which, uh, makes me actually maybe more interested to like, keep going to see like, okay, where, where is that coming from? Cause right now it just seems like fine and charming, but in the way that like everything that Double Fine makes is fine and charming and that not all of it is necessarily like escapes like that, like kind of base level charm that like, all of their games tend tend to have. Like it's they make everything they make. I like to a certain degree, but like not everything elevates past that to, into, into something special. Um, and I'm just not sure, sure. this game may ever will do it. I just need to get further to figure out. Um, you know where where that is. Are you finding? Are you finding the uh, Rob? You're also playing this. Yeah, it sounded like. Are you? For me, when I think about these games, the thing that would like get me through is that there would be rapid fire new ideas. Whether that new idea is here's a fun new mechanical thing. More often than not, here's a fun new take on whatever our core idea, our core theme is. Um, uh, you know, for Psychonauts, presumably, it's like I'm in a new mind. And this new mind has a fun, you know, theming to it. Are you finding there that it's keeping up like that? Or are you just finding these levels kind of dull? Like what's the, what's the, where's the missing piece in that part of the puzzle? Patrick, I'm still in dentist land, but like, I like it a lot. Yeah. Well, then I think you're going to, I think you're going to be head over heels for the casino area, which is the first major area. Like I thought the dentist area was fine, but mostly just seemed like a, uh, like fancier aesthetic version of what I've already kind of like seen in Psychonauts before. Mm-hmm. The casino starts doing, there's a really smart writing in the casino area, which is where I started to take, and then they also start doing some really smart things with just the visuals where like you have this large cast of characters. Like the in the, in the original game, you're on a camp and there's like a bunch of just like underdeveloped, and I mean that in terms of like characters, like kids that you're interacting with. Like that's the, that side group, which is now replaced by a bunch of interns that are like part of the actual like Psychonauts agency or whatever it's called, um, are clearly meant to be like much more core to like uh, Rasputin's relationship and his arc over this game as he as he like actually probably becomes some sort of like Psychonauts agent. Um, and they do this cool thing where like when the team finally comes together and like the mission is occurring, like you're doing this like kind of boring like uh, rail grinding, but it's like breaking up the screen with like comic book panels to have the characters like call out their powers as they do it in front of you. And it, it like, and, and you have this like chain of things that are happening with all these weird eccentric, like all the things you want from a double fine game, right, which is like a, right. a huge cast of like just really beloved weirdos. Um, and uh, that part is really great. And that's finally where like, 
last night, I was like just playing enough to get through this area, even though I felt kind of sick because I wanted to at least speak to it a little more thoughtfully. I was like, oh, like if this is what the rest of the game is, then my guess is it can be something pretty special um, beyond just a high definition version of like what is I think is, is the dental area, which like feels very much like in the Psychonauts one. I was like, yeah, but what is the two? Like what, what else are we doing here? What is going to be like more interesting and thoughtful? And I think we start getting there in the second area, which like mild spoilers, like is about Rasputin using his powers to try and fix someone and actually breaking them in the process. And like, what does it mean what does it mean to actually like work out your own problems? Does it mean to just like have something magically fix you? Or does it mean to actually get introspective and understand what are your anxieties? Where do they come from and how do you address them? And if like, that's the thesis statement for like what this game wants to explore in these like wild aesthetics. That sounds really exciting and like sounds like worthy of doing another one of these other than just for the perfunctory, like people like psychonauts. And so my guess is that you will, when you get, tell me when you get to the, the baby area of uh, the, the casino, um, is it's just some really, really funny and sharp uh, writing. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see more. I'm, I like it. I'm just like waiting for it to like crescendo into something that I'm in love with and I'm just not quite there yet. It is kind of a weird thing where it is so invested in being sequeled Psychonauts 1, um, which is an old game at this point that like, Right from the first, they sort of give you a very cute, like, previously on Psychonauts, they give you the whole, like, plot of the first game, which was useful for me, because I don't remember shit. <laughs> yeah, me either. Um, I was like, yeah, I remember the summer camp. Oh, yeah, that's right. There were all these characters and adventures. Cool. But then it's like, and we're picking up right from there. Like, literally, like, yep. you know, the end of the game, we are in the opening it, of Psychonauts this game, 2. This game acts as though Psychonauts 2 came out three and a half years later after Psychonauts. And not, like, <laughs> the reality, which is decades uh, later. Like, this game alone was in development for, like, six years or, or, or something like that because of its, uh, like, kind of the, the crowdfunding to the Microsoft acquisition and everything they would have done. And I think that's where I felt... I, I kind of I didn't bounce off it, but I just I had trouble settling into the game because it felt old. It didn't like and it, it was like presuming even with the, the the like the previously on that like, great, we're just aren't you just ready to see like what happened right after the end of Psychonauts? It's like, I don't maybe <laughs> like I sort of. Yeah, maybe in like but, 2008. But then like really quickly for me after that, a couple things hit. One is that. Um, they do have more resources to land some of their conceits. There's some great like summoning of uh, realities into existence, you know, right in the opening and this idea of uh, your characters playing in these larger spaces that are a little more like produced uh, than it, it like it reminded me of, oh, this is like Psychonauts 1 comparatively was a, a was a sparse set compared yeah. to what we're seeing in Psychonauts 2. But then also, I am a sucker for the double-finian, Schaeferian humor yep. uh, of, of the games. And so even though I'm still like, is this a great platformer? Rats feels kind of slow and sluggish and not super like engagingly acrobatic. But I really like the world. I think like the gags that are landing are very cool. Like I love at the opening... Already, it's like, oh, this is what Inception should have been in some ways. The opening is you're trying to get somebody to basically 
uh, one of the villains of the first game, trying to get them to uh, sell out their boss. And the opening level is you've created this construct of he's being given an employee of the month award. And all he has to do is to write down his boss's name. He has to take it to his boss to get approved for like this all expenses paid vacation. (laughs) And the entire thing is this construct. And so if you go talk to NPCs in the scene, they're all parts of the Psychonauts construct that they built for this guy who's their prisoner. And so you talk to somebody in a cubicle at this fake company they built. And they're just like very programmatic. Yes, my boss is tough, but fair. I like working here. Um, and the way that it's this this place to set up to prevent this character from realizing uh, that his thoughts are not his own and he exists in this dream. Uh, I was like, yeah, this is like the smarter version of Inception where you create a reality that then uh, people sort of go about their business and they sort of betray things about themselves. Uh, and then when when the the guy tumbles to what you're doing and you end up navigating, uh, you know, the, the dental nightmare. I don't know. There's there's funny bits like the tooth fairies, uh, like just we're <laughs> just working uh, like like basically, uh, you know, working stiffs who are just trying to steal gold caps off teeth Um is pretty was pretty great and the reaction to what happens when you when you attack them uh is charming and that charm goes a long way like yeah. I'm, I'm i'm playing it and i'm like you know what <laughs> patrick i'm in the same boat you know it's probably gonna be in my top 10 because it makes me feel something you know what i mean like I'm, i am charmed i am delighted there's things that are surprising me here and like as much as it frustrates me that like Oh, jumping up on that thing to collect that figment wasn't super entertaining. Whoops. Yeah. Like, wh- can't wait to collect 30 cards in this hub world. Like, that, all that stuff I just wish whew, was just gone. Like, I just I don't think it is additive. Like, uh, frequently we add that to games because it it leads the player to either solve something interesting or do something inventive with what is in front of them that may they not necessarily have to do moment to moment. Maybe that changes as the game goes along. But boy, it mostly just feels like busy work. Like, oh, we did this before. Let's do it again. Like that structure feels archaic in a way that these types of games, especially put up against, you know, the latest Ratchet and Clank, which I think is an excellent game. And like one that has like continually evolved with the times because they've just kept making them. Whereas this one feels creaky to a certain degree. But I think you're right that like the world, the story, the characters, and like you're going to spend a lot like – you haven't even met the, the like the interns yet. Like I think you're going to meet the interns, and like you are going to be like completely bowled over by them. Where you're going to be much more taken by this game yeah. in about 90 minutes than it's like if you're already this far in. Like you're like you're set to go with the rest. Whereas like I feel like I just need like a little bit more of a kick, and I, I feel like I've just I've gotten to that point. But I guess it just kind of bums me out because I, in some ways, like this would be like a better adventure game than it would be a combat platformer, and it just feels like they keep sticking a lot of that onto here, or if it's just a platformer, like it's just, I don't know. The combat is eh. Now again, like I'm an action guy. So like I have like a much higher like standard for what engages me in games like that. Um, And it's better here, but I don't know. It's like the things that can bring me joy are like exploring the worlds and the characters. And then I just, I feel like I spent a little too much time doing the other stuff, but I'm just excited to get to the other like mines um, to see a little bit more of what, what, what that is. But uh, my guess is you're going to like it quite a bit, Rob. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm, it seems like it's reviewing pretty well. Uh, so congrats to that team. And 
I, uh, I'm, congrats to everyone who held out hope for that game for literally decades. <laughs> I know people who are diehards in the mid 2000s, and here we are. You know, you, you just have to hold out. Congratulations hope. to the people who fit that bill, who infiltrated Microsoft acquisitions and <laughs> got this deal done. Like the game was in development uh, long enough that someone had a yeah. career that arced into Microsoft yeah. and was like, you know, what? I'm going to finish that fucking game by buying this company. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to quickly shout out a game uh, that I've been dipping into. I don't. I don't think I mentioned. Did I mention Foreclosed on a previous I don't episode? Think so. I don't think I did. Uh, so a game called Foreclosed came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, I put a little bit of time into it. Uh, it is a third-person action cyberpunk thing uh, that is so good when it is not doing the action stuff uh, mm. that it makes me want to push past. <laughs> Some of the fights that I just am not having fun with to, to see more of specifically the way it tells its story through the adoption of like comic book panels and different framing. You know, y'all just played um, Resident Evil remake. And one of the big things I, I left that feeling was like, damn, I wish more games experimented with fixed cameras. Uh, and this game opens with and then consist, continues to use, you know, throughout, uh, uh, but just incre- with, with less frequency uh, as you can continue different perspectives uh, of the camera tracing your main character as he moves through the cyberpunk city. You know, the basic pitch is like kind of interesting in the way that like a lot of cyberpunk premises are drawing just on contemporary anxieties. The very basic pitch is that like you have had your identity foreclosed. The company that owns your identity has gone bankrupt and has basically (laughs) defaulted on your name and identity uh, or like as part of that bankruptcy, you've lost that. And so like, you, there are places you can't go because you don't have a name anymore. You don't have an identity. You don't have an ID card or whatever. Uh, or you have an ID card, but it doesn't, or it doesn't refer to anything anymore because all your shit is being sold off to the highest bidder to, to whoever's going to own your new identity or own your identity now. Um, and, and, you know, it ends up being all about a hostile takeover of the company you do and you end up getting into lots of gunfights and you have a experimental biochip that lets you, you know, boost damage and have a shield and uh, I think hack into some things. Yeah, you can, you know, like zap people and stuff like that. And that stuff is all fine. Um, it, it, it never quite, it never quite connects for me. I think the combat just feels a little loose. And I think it's, it's, it's telling that the trailer doesn't show you full combat sequences really um mm. but when it's not doing that and it's doing the like slightly more focus on exploration stuff and the a little bit of puzzle stuff and like the way the camera will will you know show you from one angle and then it'll be a split screen and the other half of the screen is showing you from a wide angle as you're like moving across a huge cityscape uh but you're like a little dot uh, among a bunch of flying cars like that stuff is sick and i wish that, i hope that the studio for whatever they do next um, uh, leans into that. It leans into the, the the strength that they have at creating atmosphere and vibe, and uh, using this kind of unique method of of uh, kind of showing their story and their and their their places. Because like the actual action just doesn't quite. Or you know maybe they get they get sharper on the the action design stuff, but but you know what, what what's there is kind of neat. And again, it's it, it's like a it's a small indie game. It's a small team. It's like seventeen bucks, so worth putting on your radar at the very least. Um, speaking of cyberpunk stuff, Rob, I know you, you dipped into the ascent. Is that working for you? Are you are you? It is. Ascending? It is. Okay. Um, I think like the only problem with it, the only small issue I foresee mm-hmm. is that it's a twin stick shooter. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing. Little, it is, Rob. <laughs> you know, it's. Issue. I think I can overlook that. 
I think mm, I can mm. uh, like really sort of just put the put the sort of blinders on and sure. really focus in on the things I really enjoy, which is sort of this. Uh, I'm a sucker for this this notion of like everyone realizes, hey, this entire thing is part of this really unstable corporate hierarchy, and once the corporation is lopped off the top of that uh-huh. by design, the system doesn't exist anymore, and and will like have a cascading uh, wave of failure. So we all gotta you know hop to it. And start, uh, you know, building up like building up some sort of uh, like plan B. I enjoy like I'm kind of dazzled by. It is such it is a world that implies such size and scope like there's mm-hmm. so much happening in these frames. There is something interesting to look at almost everywhere you go. Um, and I think that's that's carrying me through a lot of this. Like even in when you're like in the less interesting, like bowels of the like uh, mega city, uh, there's still like lots of cool shit happening on lower levels that you can see. Um, yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff that I, that I do find appealing, even if it is really derivative bog standard cyberpunk comic book imagery but there's so much of it like there is i do i i didn't play such big portions uh, 2077 but i do feel like part of what people like fell for in the pitch of that like of like those sequences where you'd see a character going to a city with thousands of people walking around and just like the sensory overlord overload of it uh like the ascent delivered on that in a way that like cyberpunk appears Mm -hmm. to have to have not done that because i think Rob, you notice if you spend a little more time at the Ascent, I haven't played it since we talked about it, you know, a couple of weeks back, but I do want to return to it. I'm kind of waiting for a couple patches to go through and then um, I want to play it again. But uh, if you like look at any individual area, like is any particularly interesting storytelling occurring? No, but take it. That's why I described the aesthetic as aggressive, because just as you're moving through an area... Shit, man, you don't have time to take in the fact that, like, nothing's happening in this corner because there's a thousand corners to look at. And it's also goddamn pretty because the overhead perspective allows them to create a density of aesthetic that is just overwhelming, but in a good way. Like, I I, I find it, it conveys the, like, almost, like, majesty of this, like, awful place in, in a way that even though it's, cl- like, it's it has that kind of, like, cleanish dirtyish cyberpunk look it is just so overwhelming to the to the, like it's, it's just a sensory overload in a way that i found like i don't know i was just taken by and like that's almost what got me through those the opening hours that austin had trouble with was like man i don't give a shit that mechanically there's not a lot going on here because like look at all those blues like it's beautiful <laughs> but i am a little like there's a few things that's not doing a great job selling uh, one is that, like, for instance, when you burst out into the main city streets um, after the Ascent Corporation disappeared, it's trying to evoke this sense that everyone has come out into the streets and is like, what the fuck is going on? Like, all hell is broken loose. But because there's been no baseline of normal that I've seen yet, the moment doesn't land because for all I know, this is just what these streets look like. Yeah, this I didn't just get like- that at all. Yeah. 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 And I, thought, so you- I got, you know what I got was like, I got maybe like a little bit of, um, of uh, rubbernecking, like, like yeah, there, oh, was there a car crash near here? And someone, what, what's going on, everybody? But like, not in the oh my god, this is a dramatic, life changing moment, you know? Yeah, and so I, I think it's it's like little screw ups like that, um, just like little ways it doesn't completely deliver on both its premise, but also sort of the the visual tableaus that it's trying to paint. 
um, that bummed me out a little bit. I also have a question. There are moments where I kind of love. So one of the things I really love about like the old syndicate games is there's this like nasty base level cruelty to them where it's like when two syndicate squads would see each other and just open up to open up on the street with like Gatling guns and uh, assault rifles and rocket launchers. There were always NPCs just caught in the crossfire and they would scatter, but you would have like cars blown up in the middle of it. Like every every like two minutes in the syndicate in syndicate was like the opening of the wild bunch, right? Where it's just like just carnage in the streets. You were not good guys. Uh, it is just you were, you know, one one nightmare side in a city in a, in a world full of just evil bastards. Um, it also reminded me a bit of like uh, Crusader No Remorse, which had a similar sort of thing. Stray shots would like ignite stuff in the background and like, catch innocent workers. Um, and this game implies some of that. Like, I, f- I feel so bad when the nice, big, friendly, like, worker robots try to take off running when all hell breaks loose and they and they catch a stray and, the, and they die. I'm like, oh, no, like, robot worker guy. I didn't mean to do that. I was shooting at the, at the goblin next to you. Um, but a thing that the game implies a really, like, dense, busy environment, but... It seems to rely a lot on, like, here enemies, here NPCs will exit the frame as quickly as possible, and here red barrels. And that is also kind of putting me off just a little bit, where it's like... Eh, it's just, well, I hope you I hope you like that dynamic, Rob. Oh, uh, dear. I mean, yeah, they, they, <laughs> and I, I think this is the nature of, like, a small team, right? Like, yeah. and that's why, like, the, 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 like the, the aesthetic is trying to do a lot of this heavy lifting that the systems and setups cannot. Like, it... At least in like the the subsequent like couple hours that I I played, I was probably like you know three or four hours deeper than you. No, like you would get into cityscapes and like dense like populous areas, and you know like they set up like when you open when the game opens, they're like, hey, sometimes you're gonna come to an area and like you're gonna have to make a decision. You want to engage? You want to shoot? And like you know that no, there's not actually like a moral quandary. It is just like shoot and then find out if those characters are like higher level than you because then you just do not have the DPS to do jack shit against the same enemy type that around the corner is a quarter of the level. Um, like there's no, there's no ethical quandaries involved and, and the, the surrounding populace is just occasionally people or robots that scatter and they're just incidental yeah. as, as much of the aesthetic, so much of the aesthetic of the ascent is incidental, but still manages to paint, kind of a, a a picture that is pretty enough and interesting enough that if you just don't squint too hardly at, you know, too hard at it, you know, you, you won't get, you, you won't, you won't like kind of break the logic. Um, but that's also kind of the dynamic that occurs on a moment to moment basis. Um, at least. In yeah. The I think that, and, that yeah, I what I'm missing is a little bit like syndicate and crusader. I think we're very good at giving you the sense of, I am this action game avatar placed in the middle of this really cool train set that they've been built, but there's a train mm-hmm. set and there's lots of little models and shit running around it. Um, and yeah, what you're describing, what the game feels like so far is no, it's, this is all backdrop. It's a matte painting that the action yeah. is happening against. Um, and that's a small difference, but it, it is one that I think does matter a lot to me. Cause I think I'm a little more interested in the idea of running around the train set with guns blazing than I am with like, Oh, in the background, there's a cool cyberpunk Vista. Right. Uh, we're in, in the foreground. Yeah. 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 I need to go back to it. I'm also waiting to for it to kind of 
hit some some uh, a few more patches, and then and also probably for me, I just have a bunch of time, and I'll just try to throw. Yeah, myself it feels into like it, it's like it the kind the, of game. There's like stuff coming out that like Psychonauts is out like. Uh, there's some other things hitting where it's like, all right, like I'll come back to the ascent. Like that's a game that like, hey, I've got, I don't really have anything to play right now. All yeah. right, time to get back into the ascent. And I've also, I guess, heard the co-op stuff is kind of a mess. Also, it's like not a game that necessarily I even want to co-op. It feels like if I was to start mm-hmm. a game with someone, but it doesn't feel like the kind of game where I'd like want to drop into Rob's world and I don't know. Like it and seems start like start up there yeah. and start up there. It seems like either like you're gonna like start a game, play it with a buddy all the way from start through. to finish, yeah, and like that's right. that's what you're doing as opposed to just like I'm gonna drop into your world and we're gonna go do a. You're gonna a watch me talk something. to a bunch of NPCs and then choose. Well, it's not a loot game, option. right? Like that's right. it's not yeah. a loot game, and right. so the moment that it's not a loot game, it makes it like kind of a difficult proposition you're both getting the same loot at the same time in whenever they're you're getting the same it's not like you're it's not like playing diablo where like oh i just got this sick whatever thing and then you got this other thing and we're filtering into different roles right let's go run the, and let's go run this dungeon and i'll see if right. i get a cool legendary drop like right, that right, game, that's right. not how this game functions um right. so but it's it's very pretty and it's fun and so i'm, yeah. I'm glad it seems to be finding an, an audience um y'all we got for a little bit here and also we know we have a spoiler cast coming for 12 <laughs> minutes momentarily uh you want to hit a few question bucket questions oh yeah we're then, two uh, hours we gotta get in that bucket yeah we we gotta get in that bucket i had some quick ones here gaming at vice.com first one is from logan it's a follow-up logan wrote in a little while ago about um uh fear of failure in video games i don't know if you remember that question mm-hmm. uh, i was like wanted to get into dark souls wanted to get into other stuff but it's been hard logan says Wanted to give a very brief follow-up to my last question. I wrote in about fear of failure in video games. Slay the Spire just went on a Steam sale recently, so I picked it up, completed my first run, and had a great time. The randomness of what I drew, what I was fighting against, and what bonuses I had earned uh, earned allowed me to take Kato's advice and treat each match like a different tiny little game. Of course, I still wanted to win, but I wasn't afraid of losing. I immediately got to start got to start talking about my run with some friends who have hundreds of hours in the game. Still have further to go. But it's a new day. Hades is next on my list. Oh, that's great. nice. It's a, yeah. it's a good good outcome on that one. That's, you know. I think, you I, I think they will. I think gliding from that to Hades, I think Hades you're, on, you're, you're on a good path, yeah. I think, to hopefully, you know, who knows? Maybe you won't want to play more of those games. But I feel like if if you find the two of those to be worthwhile experiences, you'll have enough institutional genre knowledge that you'll be able yeah. to like go into slightly more challenging experiences knowing how to grapple them, how to personally yeah. deal with it. Like that's, yeah. that's exciting. Like I like far away, like my favorite, it's so exciting to like get into a new thing and realize like that can be a thing for you too. And so that's, that's cool that they're, they're finding a way through it. Uh, this next one comes in from Alex from Seattle. It's one of our present bucket, our gift bucket question or uh, uh, emails. No question, but I thought you might get a laugh out of this. On a recent episode, Austin confessed to once having torn small holes in the bottom of Christmas gifts as a kid to spoil his own surprise. Being much the same kind of person, I did nearly the same thing at 12, but with Naruto theming. (laughs) The previous year, my deadbeat dad got me a kunai off the internet. A kunai is like a ninja dagger that you throw, basically. Uh, Presumably sight unseen. It turned out to be a real knife with a sharpened edge, not a rubber (laughs) cosplay knife, which I'd been expecting. Somehow my mom missed this fact initially, and I uh, hid it for a full calendar year. When next Christmas rolled around, impatient to find out what my haul is, I got it out and slid it under the edge of folded wrapping paper to lift the scotch tape. Each time I got a clean opening to unwrap part of the gift, I just pressed the tape back down and try to hide my crimes. 
Of course, come Christmas morning, a flap of wrapping paper sprang open on the first thing mom picked up. I was busted and she was furious. So I did the only thing I could think to do. I told her about the the real knife. Smoke mom. I turned into a little tree. Uh, I told her about the real knife I had, trying to shift blame uh, for the series of events onto my absent dad. It sort of worked, but she couldn't get more divorced. And I had definitely <laughs> soured the holiday. Next year, I put the fear of God. Uh, she put the fear of God in me about peaking. To this day, even though I'm almost 30, my mom will always remind me about, quote, not doing any Naruto shit when Christmas rolls around. Oh, that's it's always fun. Any fucking Naruto shit. No, that Naruto shit not in this not house. My house. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun to unpack that when a new friend or partner joins us for the holiday. It feels like a lifelong penance oh. for my years as a weeb. Believe it. Believe it. And thanks for everything you do, Alex from Seattle. Good. Oh, uh, fantastic. We got another shout one here. Go shout ahead. Shout out to that. I was just say shout that out to mom. that mom for no, not, not only remembering, shit. but rem- specifically yes. filing away. <laughs> yes. Perfect. A different. This is a different Alex. This is an Alex in in Massachusetts instead of being an Alex in. Sorry, something's behind you, Patrick. Someone's outside your window. They are. They're uh, someone. Okay. Is, uh, the uh, the deck is getting stained. Okay, got you. I so so all I saw was like a big. I thought yeah, it was, it was a, a bat wing. I thought it was a. I thought man bat had a. Well, there, there, so, someone is covering uh, the the, right. the house for my uh, the, the wooden house that I made for my children uh, with like a tarp or something. Yes, with a. With they a were tarp. holding it like under their arm. Like they were holding it with one hand with their arm all the way up, so it looked like they had a big wing flap under their arm, like a bat would. <laughs> I was very scared for your. I had had a lot of thinking to do for a moment. I really, I really should have played that differently. Like, all right, run the time loop. Like, yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. back instead. I'm going to yeah. be like, Austin, there's nobody, there's yeah, no one exactly. supposed to be at my house. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Cop? Yeah. Oh, God. Alex from Massachusetts writes in. Here's another Christmas surprise story. Join the lot you've gotten so far. A month before Christmas 2005, my family had made a sudden and mostly unplanned move about an hour across the state. I was barely 15, and I wasn't really happy being suddenly ripped from my friends and new girlfriend. They had good reasons. I was just a dumb, selfish kid. Money being among the reasons for the move, my parents had made it clear that this would be a less than stellar Christmas, but they'd do their best. Come Christmas, I was really hoping for an Xbox 360, but I'd at least come around to the idea that it was understandably not in the cards. I got some random Marshalls bargain bin games for my dated PC and the usual assortment of clothes and gadgets, and we left the house to go see my grandmother. We handed out gifts, and once I'd opened the 15th and final box of socks, my grandma, uh, my grandma went to open her last present, a large, heavy box from my dad. They made sure to get my attention as she slowly peeled back the wrapper and said, Oh, it's an X machine? A 360? Does this do DVDs? <laughs> Hindsight 2020, everybody was staring at me with knowing grins, but I brought, but I bought into the prank hard and did not handle it well. Grandma doesn't even know what a 360 is. Are you kidding me? You knew I wanted one? You got one for her instead? Yada, 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 before my disappointed father shut me up and explained... That it was, obviously, for me. I tried to apologize and felt really bad about acting so spoiled. But I could tell he felt pretty defeated about just how bad I took it. It wasn't cute upset, but like spoiled brat upset. I later Uh. learned that having missed the initial pre-order periods uh, and whatnot, he had waited overnight outside of Best Buy in the New England cold just to secure it for me. It didn't go over well in the moment, but 15 years later, it still sticks with me as a bit of a wake-up moment and learning I definitely didn't want to be that guy anymore. Whew. 
See these these little pranks though they're dangerous. They're dangerous because also <laughs> you're like I'm gonna stoke because you want your kid to be like stoked for it. So you're gonna stoke that fire, and then you're like, but the the gag is you don't think you're gonna get it. Mm, dangerous, dangerous. Don't put dangerous. don't put me face to face with that side of myself. I'm 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 12, man. <laughs> I'm not to be trusted. I am a child. The 15, you should have known better. You should have known better at 15. I'm glad you corrected the corrected course there, Alex. Um, this is an interesting one. This will be our last one. This is from Micah, who writes in. I was into Austin talk about Road 96 on the pod, and having been playing it myself, the discussion raised a question for me that I wanted to ask y'all about. Austin said that he was wondering why he had been brought into a meeting at the bar to make a decision as some random teenager, whereas I did not initially experience that confusion. Because of the order I experienced scenes in the game, it was pretty well established for me that the character Robert was known for shoving kids into difficult situations in order to get what he wanted. Granted, looking back at the scene, it doesn't make sense that only one person at the meeting protested having a kid make the final decision. However, I wasn't immediately pulled out of the game because my mind said, oh, Robert is being an ass again. Checks out. The question that came from that for me is how do you as critics – to be clear – the thing that happened here is that by the time Micah saw that scene, they'd already seen this character multiple times and established a pattern of behavior based on other scenes. I This is the first time I'd seen Robert because Road 96 kind of pull, is, is proc gen in this way where it pulls from a, a collection of possible scenes to put you into. The question that came from this for me is how do you as critics try to address ways in which a game like Road 96 can be experienced so differently based on a roll of the dice in your review and critiques? Can you? Should you? How might that differ for linear narrative games versus a game like Crusader Kings, where the narrative comes in large part from pseudo-random mechanical interactions? Lots of questions, lots of love love for the pod, Micah. I think this is tough. I think for me, the number one thing is like you write what you did, right? You write from the the experience you had and that's all you can do. You cannot account for, well, maybe somebody else had a better run of it and write from their perspective. You write from your perspective, you know? Um, And in a game like Crusader Kings, you can judge like, Hey, does the engine, if you put enough time into it, does the engine generate interesting stuff? Do you end up in a position where it 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 hits like that? Um, and if I go through Road 96 and I'm having a bad time because of the alignment of what events I get in what order, then that's, you know, in a way that that should be tossed into the aggregate number of reviews in which one of them turned out bad because that one reviewer got a bad collection of, of things. It just it broke bad that way. And and. It, it, you have to just try to account for that as a reader, you know. Rob, you do a lot of this style of thing where it's like, "Hey, I'm playing. A, you're playing. Um, uh, what's it called right now? Right? Uh, the strategy game that we just did a stream for. No, humankind. Humankind. Yeah. Where like mm-hmm. one game of a strategy game to the next might feel completely different because you got lucky with your starting location or whatever. Do you have any tips on on like how you or any thoughts on how you juggle that style of of review or how you address that style of yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, I don't have any hard and fast answers, you know, because I think there is a temptation and I, I know I've fallen into it where you end up reviewing the machine itself rather than what it spits out. Like, right. it's very easy, especially with like games that are trying to wow you with like that kind of technology where it's like it's proc gen and it's very easy to fall into. Wow. You know, well, it, it turns out a lot of crap, but what an interesting way it turns out that crap. And it can like you can end up writing a review where it's like, I didn't have a good experience, but wow, it was neat seeing that mediocre experience generated through this machinery. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And probably in some ways, like there are times where it's just cool to watch a machine like that work. Uh, but there are times where I, I think your approach is probably uh, more on the nose, Austin, which is you had the experience you had. Like in yeah. the end, the the wheels turned, the gears spun, and you got what you got. And some people might end up saying like I had – and. You know, you see this a lot around proc gen games where people anyway, you and have a state of decay where we've had such different exactly experiences going. with that series, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. And there's there like is both a differences in how we approach them, but also sometimes the cards fall one way and not another. Yep. And there are times where it's like I can see all the disconnected threads of story, and someone else is like the game created a world uh-huh. because the cards didn't fall right in yep. one case. Um, so yeah, I think there's. There's that element uh, to it, but yeah, I think as a reviewer, you can end up playing, uh, you know, real mugs game if you're hypothesizing about what could have happened. But in your attempts to engage with the game, it never did, uh, and so you're then maybe giving the game too much credit. Where it's like, wow, you know, it seems like I'll bet that system generated lots of cool shit that I just didn't see, and maybe, but you didn't see it. Um, nevertheless, like there are times where you. You do like seeing these experiments work out. You can see the way different things are being mixed and remixed in the system. And that itself might fire the imagination. And, and you can, and you you can think about, about it. You can think about well, how good the parts are in, yep. in a real way, right? You think about something um, – you think about something like a game that does like a tactics, uh, like an XCOM-style thing where like, man, the maps just don't hit. Like, yeah, every once in a while I get a good map, but the, but the, the building blocks just aren't there. Whereas I think about like go watch us play XCOM two and how often do we start a level I'm like wow this is a cool map and yep. uh, I think XCOM 2, I can't remember if XCOM two does pulls from a collection of fully made fully hand built maps with I mean a problem which themselves are probably a mix of tiled spaces or if it's doing the thing of like every map is a collection of tiles that gets uh, uh, put up against each other but whichever way it's doing it that pool of maps is really good you know uh, it, it totally works for me. Compared to some other tactics games I've played where I'm like, yeah, like every time I load in, I'm just kind of like, who, why is there a crate out there? Why, you know, uh, what's going on in this? It's space? a tactical I'm, parking lot. It's a tactical parking lot. Or the, um, the, what was the, I keep forgetting the name of this game that we referenced when we talk about tactics games. The shat, sh- sh- not shadow. Uh, fuck. It's like Gollop a. Gollop game? The what game? The no. Julian Gollop game? No. no, not that one. Not Phoenix Point. Yeah. Um, the one that is like uh, spies, like a spy agency. Shadow, oh, uh, Invisible Ink. No, not no, not that one. Not that game. I was like, how now. did you forget that? No, and no. I didn't. Uh, who? I we're not going. Oh, get Phantom to Doctrine. It. Phantom Doctrine. Shadow. We whatever. got there. Phantom. Do- yeah, Phantom. Yeah. You got there. I didn't get there. Phantom Doctrine. Where it's like, oh, these maps are just cluttered, and like there's all these weird little two tile hallways. I don't really feel like I have a good idea of the space. Um, and and. Again, I, I don't. I don't know if that's being. If those are fully handcrafted maps being pulled from a, a big pool of them, or if it is a a you know a, a proc gen thing. But I do know I don't like the fucking maps. Uh, whereas you think about something like Wildermyth, where and this is not about maps, but it's about like the prose in that game is good. I like the way that game is written. Whether or not I happen to ha- pull a good char- a good set of characters in any given run, I know that when I read these story bits. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that hit like that. There's some really great writing in this game that's being deployed procedurally, but but was handwritten in a way that was good. So I think, you know, you you think about the parts that you had, you extrapolate out a little bit, but you don't you don't review 
the bet you don't review a hypothetical best outcome. You review what you what you hit. Um, I think that's all you can do. And in some ways, I think that's every video game. I don't think any video game does not have yeah. that degree of abstraction. That's every fight that you have in Doom is like, are they all the best fight you have in Doom? No, but you have enough good ones that you're like, yeah, the fight, the combat in this game is really good. You know, if if you happen to like the combat in Doom. Um, so I think that's that's how that goes. But also, all you always have to allow that fans of the genre may love it. Probably will. <laughs> I find that it's good in every review to write. Fans of the genre might like this one. <laughs> this one might hit for fans of the genre. I can imagine someone enjoying this, and therefore, who's to say if it's good or not? Not See, me. It's funny because like we've we've we managed to successfully shame like any any like critic or editor to remove that phrase yeah. from a piece, but we're all just rewriting it. Yeah, like we, we, we didn't get rid of the sentiment. It. There is just no, a di- no. we. Oh, the sentiment's valuable. Like yeah. there's so many times I'm like, look. Here's the thing you need to know about me. I'm so fucking tired of 4X games. Is this right. a good one? Sure. If you like 4Xs, guess what? You'll love this shit. I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's why That's why I'm bored. But anyway, yeah. yeah, so. We all have those. We all yeah. have the ones where it's like, come on. Just like, yeah. I'm garbage. This is, this good, is this good garbage? Me. Yeah. You're right. It is like that. It do be like that. Um. All right. That should do it for us. We are going to throw from this into our 12. I guess we're going to do the outro. And when we come back around, there will be a 12 minute spoiler cast. I should note, Kato, can no, you. No, no, it's a game called 12 minutes, but the spoiler cast is much longer than 12 You're right. minutes. Right. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Kato, can you add some, uh, not just spoiler warnings, but content warnings to the episode description? Yeah. Uh, so, for people who are interested in listening to that, they don't know shit about 12, 12 minutes. And I want to make sure they're not going to walk into like that game goes some places. We talked about this stuff on on the previous podcast, but just add those to the episode description where people can go look those up. Um, as always, thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track "Miss You" off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that waypoint.zone slash b o e n. Follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Uh, thank you to everybody who has sent kind words after my announcement last week. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to belabor it at this point, but everyone's kind words mean a lot to me, and and everyone's support for everything we do here has been great to see, and and is is affirming and validating. That's very nice. So thank you very much for all of that. Uh, no, I cannot say where I'm going. No, I am not making a a, a, a Gundam game or a. Dragon's Dogma 2 or Armored uh, Core. Armored Core. It's, not yet. Not, listen, one day, who could say? But no, not yet. I wouldn't. The real fucking truth of it is, I don't think I would leave just because a franchise I liked wanted me to work on a thing. Like, that's not it. You know what I mean? I can't. I can't say more because I'm. We'll end up saying what I'm working on, which <laughs> I can't do yet. Uh, it's, a, it's a studio that's not announced. It's a game that's not announced, and it's more about like broad mission statement things. I things I love about games writ large than genre space or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, so so think. Don't don't waste time speculating. Is really what it comes down to. Anyway, you follow everything we do. twittercom waypoint.vice.com. Where can people find you, Kato? At a underscore Cotto underscore appears. Patrick. At Patrick Lubbock. And Rob. You can find me in a limbo state wondering, is any of this real? Is any of it really happening? Is this a metaphor? Or does it actually count for something? Who could say? Who could say? All right. That's going to do it for us. Stay tuned for our 12 minutes talk. About capitalism. Oh, my God. We recorded a 12 minutes spoiler cast. I forgot. Oh, no. God damn it. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right. It means I'm going to do two throws when I come back, which is interesting. I'll yeah, do this. Okay. So this is this is the 12 minute spoiler segment. You're after <laughs> the podcast, Bruh. Welcome. Oh, right, we all beat this game. We all beat can this you, game. Yeah. Can you just like start me with your metaphor? Yeah, I can because well, I can, but I also can't. It's a it's a tortured metaphor. Yeah, like, you need to understand just that like it's, this it's video just like, game. Just like this video game. Oh. All right. Do you know what it means to jump the line in filmmaking? Does anyone I, here know what that term means? Is that the, the one eighty, 180, the one eighty rule, or yeah, yeah. that is correct. So it's like a, it makes it, it makes it unnatural to like frame a shot, right? Yeah. So so in filmmaking, and it's it's a tool you can choose to use, but most filmmakers choose not to because it's it's disorienting. Let's say you're shooting two people in a at a diner in a booth, right? And one of them's on the the left side of the diner booth, and one's on the right side, and you're shooting at them in that angle. If you then you can move the camera anywhere on that side of them to the right side of them and it, and you can keep up with it. If you move the camera to the other side of them, it will disorient the viewer because suddenly the person who was on the left is on the right. That's called jumping the line or breaking the 180 degree rule. Um, and I think this game does this in terms of fiction. It breaks a sort of <laughs> fictional versus metaphorical line that that makes me hate the whole thing. Uh, and this is why it's a tortured metaphor, because you would think I'd be talking about camera work in this game as a unique <laughs> camera. But what I actually think happens is you play 70% of this game being like, this is all real. I care about these people. I hope this baby's okay after the time loops stop. I hope none of that damage continues on. Hey, what's up? I hope this, this shithead's daughter doesn't die of cancer. I care about this stuff in a, in a literal sense. And then the last 25% of the game, you're like, oh, none of that exists. It's all metaphorical. And you want me to come with you in your, into your metaphor land. You've moved the camera out of the realm of here is shit that is materially important to these characters to a realm where I don't know that any of it happened at all. I don't think any of it happened at all. Huh. And I think that it's fine to believe that. It's fine to tell a story where, oh, it was all a dream, but it, and it's all about a guy processing his guilt about a thing. But like, then I don't, then I hate it. I like, you, it, it's, you, I did, 100%. I read that ending Are you th- completely differently. Yeah. So I, you're I theorizing that, that he who, is imagining his future. I think he's already left her and is, or is, is, I think it's the moment that he is saying to himself, do I, do I go forward? Cause there's multiple endings in this game. Also. Right. There's three, there's three, three primary endings. Right. And then do I go forward and suppress this thought? Suppress this knowledge forever, bury it in me so we can live our happy lives without ever having to confront the dark truth, bad. or which is bad. And I'll, I'll get into why I think this is my read on this game. Or do I tell her the truth and leave? And the reason why it has to be more than the reason why none of this. I mean, there's a couple of reasons why. One of them is 
nothing is resolved by the endings. The time loop isn't broken in the sense that like, okay, so one of the, we, let's just talk about what this game is because we have to get to what the endings are. Mm-hmm. All right. For people who haven't played this game, but who are listening, which I think is probably most people listening right now. And I do, I want to say, I, I want, before I even get to this point, I do, if you have Game Pass. Check it out. I, I put an I, hour in. I, 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 if you can, even if you have to look at a walkthrough, if you can get to the point where the word brother will meet, will cause you physical harm. Um, I think it's worth experiencing that moment. Just, just to, un- you will then, uh, you'll be able to emotionally feel so How much more felt. of this conversation. Right. Sure. Um, sure. And also because it is, like there's still like a good chances with this game is in my top ten for how like experiencing that moment and like the the, the reaction I, that I had to it because it I was think so- it's worth seeing it if only because the the setup is so fucking strong the first hour I, know, I spent with this game sucks. the first ninety minutes I like there's some, there's shit that was bugging me about it in the first right. ninety minutes I don't think the performances are particularly great I don't think I think the animation is a little goofy and weird but I was like yo it's kind of cool that I can build you know a different scenarios so and like try them out to try to get more information it, it, it was and it was, da, 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 it was, da, da, da. was clever enough that I was like this is re-, like my whole thought was oh I get it. This is going to be a bunch of like 90 minute vignettes, which I like right. figure out a tiny I, oh, little puzzle dude, I and move on to the next that. thing. I, fully I was like, thought, like, this is going to be great. Like right as I hit the point where I'm frustrated, boom, we're on to the next one. I and then, 100% like, thought as it like, dawned oh, upon then, me that yep. like, that's not the case. And when Rob told me, like Rob crushed my soul when he said, actually, Patrick, you're like two seconds from the end. There's no resolution. Was the thing you were stuck on was the thing you were stuck on the baby clothes. Because that's the stupidest puzzle solution no, I've ever heard I, in a uh, video game. You I didn't already, know how to go back. That's what oh, I didn't. That's what I didn't the, know. The I didn't know how to. Thing. I didn't know how to. I I I had hit what I thought was the resolution point, and I uh-huh. thought I was just doing a dialogue tree wrong. Gotcha. And then I quite literally had to look up a yeah, walkthrough yeah, to be bad. like, "Hey, go look at the watch." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, all right." So, for people who who are just listening to us, even though we told you to go check it out which I'm not as strong on as Patrick, but I do think, I think, I think that first, I think that opening stuff is good. Anyway. I'm not, I'm not saying it because it's good. I'm saying because it's so rare. You said it was in your top 10. I didn't, I haven't written the top 10. I'm just saying in theory, (laughs) it it is so like, I get it. I get it. I get it. To have a strong reaction to a game is still, is rare, fun and interesting. Yes. Yes. So, we just want to feel something. You're, you're a dude. (laughs) You are man. A funny thing is, if you go back to the 2015 build of that game, uh, as, a, as a reminder, Jeff uh, Gersman and Dan Reichert played a build of that. With I the need to dev. go back and watch Dude, you that have now. to watch it. They make a brother joke within the first. They, <laughs> they make a joke. She says, she says, do you ever notice how how we always and then he goes finish each other's sentences almost like we're brother and sister. And I'm oh, like, you're gonna fucking like, are you kidding what? me? <laughs> So someone finally, someone, but other than that, that game is there. <laughs> someone that said whole, that's a little too on the nose. Someone's like, that's a little too on the nose. Yeah. You got to get that out of there. Um, but that whole game is there. That whole game, like the, the, it's the, <sighs> basically the same layout. I think maybe the furniture has moved around a little bit. Um, but the, all of the puzzle solutions are there. The sleeping pills are there. There's like more stuff to Ooh. fuck around with than there is now. And they, like, they narrowed in on just puzzle solution stuff. Anyway. Also, they used to eat dinner instead of having just cupcakes, which is, which bugged me out. Anyway. <laughs> You're playing d- man who comes home to find his wife coming out of the bathroom to tell him, hey, we're having a baby. Uh, if you go by, like, if you interact well, with the world in the way that, well, I mean, she doesn't say that. She says, yeah. we're having a nice night. I got dessert ready. And depending on 
what you do. Yeah. You want to fill up these two ceramic cups with tap water. For us See, that, that drives me nuts. Oh my god! So the first thing that, like, if you're gonna have the, if you're gonna have the like part where she tells you the news. You gotta help. To, well, ideally, you want to set the table. And I'm yeah. like, cool. Uh, what is setting the table looks? Like? And she just fills the cups with tap water. With tap and I was water. like, tap yeah. water. And like, and like, multi, like chocolate cupcake. Yeah. Like uh-huh. what is going on? This house is cursed. This house is cursed from the jump. Um, and she says, I got you a present. She hands you a present. And inside is a onesie for like a one year old, by the way, not for an infant. Uh, and it says Dahlia on it. And you're, and, uh, there's a conversation about the name Dahlia, which is his mother's name. He's like, I don't really know. It's weird. I don't really know much about her. I didn't, didn't really know her as a kid. Uh, and, uh, and then, in the middle of this this meal, this dessert, someone knocks at the door claiming to be a cop. He comes in. He zip ties you and your wife. Uh, and if you let this play out without interrupting, uh, he eventually steals a watch uh, and kills her and then leaves. In fact, do you get the watch on the first playthrough if you're no, there? No, she no. Just, if you're if there, he just comes in, he kills you first to try to make her talk. And the last thing you heard mm, here is her saying she stops pretending she doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. right the right, last right. thing she I says hit it is in. the watch is in the... And then you die. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there are other ways you can get that. So I think it's like the way I found out where the watch was was by hiding the entire time and That's just letting him come stuck. in. Oh, really? What, yeah. did, what happened? I, I mean, I just I just thought I had seen enough of like I, I did a couple different loops and got like information out of both of them. There's a way where you can, you know, hog tie, uh, tie up the cop and the quote unquote cop. Yeah, you and, shock him. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, ask well, how him did questions you do that? Is the, only way, okay, is the only way to get him to shock himself to drug your wife and put her. No, in you the just have to flip the switch twice. But he doesn't. What, what, what makes him flip the switch? Uh, I yeah, because if, if you just if you just hide while she is hogtied, he will not flip the switch. He just he just navigates the the apartment uh, and eventually. You know, finds what? I think that makes sense. The then I yeah, was fucking I around you- with the ventilators, and I think I left a phone in there, and I think oh. the f- in the room one, and I think that might be enough to get him in there because I knocked her huh. out on like I, I gave her the pills, and like somehow the sequence broke in a way where she ends up in the living room instead. And he still got shocked. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's uh, the thing. It, this yeah. game does sometimes forgets what path it's on. Right. I, I <laughs> absolutely true. had situations where it's like, <laughs> oh, we're all cool now. We're all, like, peaceable between us. Uh-huh. And then I click the wrong place and he knocks me the fuck out. Right. Even though yeah. we, like, made peace. Or, you, or you've, like, triggered, like, a dialogue tree from a, yes. like, it is that loop, but from, like, a different emotional yeah. spectrum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all of, also, all of James McAvoy's, like, huh, no, uh-uh. Like whatever you're like, or whatever yeah. he's trying to interrupt. If you're trying to interrupt the cop while he's talking yes. to your wife, and he's like, "So, sir. um, uh, sir, sir, uh, sir, uh, sir. Uh, and the, babe, 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 babe. Oh my god, it's so uh. good. Also, I'm not even sure when that's from. The only time bites. I hear it is yeah. when he yeah. just like says he's fucked heavy up. Pain. He does say heavy. Sorry, Rob. What did you say? The only time you hear it is when. When he's fucked up and she's yes. like storming out and then it's just like this completely out of context, oh. babe. Also, another annoyance. Once you know you're in the time loop and she comes out to like hug you, he gets increasingly rude about he's like, not right now. I was like, bro, just hug your your wife. Please just be cool. Like she that's doesn't on, know you're in the time loop. That's on purpose, right? Like you can oh. choose to do that. Basically, no, if, I, like, if you hit skip while she's doing it, it 
cuts it. Yes. Yeah, but, that's, but that's, that's, that's works any issue. other time in the game. Right, Scoop that's the thing. By, it, it's mm. the only time that that inter- that's the only interaction that like interrupts that way. And yeah, which all. Like it's you know like I like and there's other stuff the I would love things. to be able to skip through. Are there right. other conversations that go on for minutes that you, you cannot skip? Yeah, <laughs> this is like I so badly just wanted to be able to get to the part where he has flipped the switch and he's knocked out on the floor and my wife is asleep on the bed. Yeah. But instead, like while I was figuring that part out, I had to sit and prepare dinner, like prepare dessert, like a million fucking times. I had to drug her like a million times, right? And it's like it. Like it gets real grating having to repeat that, but but when the pieces started to come together, yeah, I was like, cool. Like when I figured out, I had to kneecap that son of a bitch. Yeah, to make you him can't start stab talking. him. You yeah. can't shoot like, him. You, you can't can. stab him. Yeah. Oh, I stabbed him every time. To what? Death? No. If you stab, you can stab the body in different parts. Yeah, that's how you oh. shoot him too. I said I shot him in the leg, but I stabbed him. I guess I must have stabbed him in the chest. So if you stab, <laughs> okay. if you stab him higher, stab him higher up. He just starts to bleed out over the course of a couple of but, minutes and you can legs. accomplish your. Okay. your and I, I think like, like what Rob points to is like one of the really frustrating parts about the interesting, the pre brother and post brother eras of this game. Jesus. Like when you're like, if there were ways to do more convenient time skips, there are so like, it is so clear. This game has a billion interactions that I never got to experience because I became fixated on getting to the next part because I didn't want to re-experience earlier parts but if i could have just been like look i just want to like be in the situation where the wife is drugged the cop is hogtied and like i just want to fuck around with like all the different things i can do and don't want to have to deal with the consequence of starting the loop over i just want to see what are the 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 other ways that the game has is going to recognize because there are so many i'm curious if that's true or if it feels like that's true if there really are what are the things that you think you didn't do in that situation Besides, I'm not like, sure, but I just mean a, that in general. Like, we should try to feed a, lot a cupcake. Of, exactly. Like, I just, I would just like to know. And maybe the, maybe what would, would be revealed is that it has fewer interactions. Right. And it's probably it somewhere. It feels in like there's a bunch. It does. It, feel I, like I, there's I a bet bunch. there's more. There's there's more than I did, but less than would have maybe justified like right. actually having because then you would have actually needed a game with vignettes, and it would need to be longer in order to yeah. to, to make yeah. that work. But it was frustrating because there were, I just ultimately didn't want to do certain things, even though I was like, I wonder, because you get yeah. rewarded enough times. For being curious that and or random, really, um, that you, but you don't you're not in enough circumstances to like truly take advantage of it. Yeah. So, dude comes arrests you. You start time looping. Uh, arrests, quote unquote, uh, through the various things we've talked about here. Uh, you have a number of things at your disposal. You have a knife from the kitchen. Did you? Okay. How did y'all open up the vent in the bathroom? Nice. Yeah, the knife, knife, baby. Or what if I told spoon? you didn't? What if I told you could do with you the spoon, use, right? What if I told you you could use your keys? What? Ooh, that's why those. Because uh, one of the endings put you alone in the room with nothing but your keys, and you can use your keys on the vent. And I was like, oh fuck! I got the knife every time. I did it with the knife yeah. every time. Anyway, yeah. so um, you this guy comes to this guy fake cop. I don't know. Maybe he's a real cop. Comes to arrest you. Uh, uh, you go into a time loop over the course of the next couple of hours of the game you do a bunch of different things in order to get more information you hide yourself while he can interrogate your wife by himself to find out where this watch is uh you you get a more detail on what the specific claim is he says that she killed her father who was one of his best friends and that he's there to to get this watch because he needs the money the watch is worth a lot of money and he needs it he kills her anyway out of a desire for revenge 
Um, you can use sleeping pills available uh, from the medicine cabinet that you can use to drug uh, your wife and knock her out, which changes the situation um, because it makes him move into a different room. You can shock him with a busted light uh, switch, which briefly knocks him out so you can hog tie him and interrogate him. Um, you can go get can the you watch knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Almost certainly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can. It changes yeah. the time scale. You're out for like two minutes. Oh, what, 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 what happens if you do it to her? Does it, is it the equivalent of the... She doesn't get shot. Remember, she gets shocked all the time, but she doesn't get knocked out. She's uh, just like, ah, damn it. She's got some plot. We need to talk to the landlord. Electricity plot, plot armor. armor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wait, but she... Um, the first time... The first time it doesn't kill... It doesn't shock. It's only the second time someone turns it on. So what if you go in and flip uh, it first? You can flip it That's first and then wondering. get her to go in. I didn't try that. But. I bet it knocks her out. Yeah. I bet it knocks her out. Yeah. And you're like, let's get you into the into the bed. Babe. <laughs> you should sleep, sleep or whatever. Um, eventually, you start to piece together some additional details through this fuckery. You learn that uh, your wife believes that she killed her father on Christmas Eve eight years ago, firing two shots at him uh, after. Uh, they'd always had a bad relationship. He'd had an affair with with someone else that that took that like her ruined, nanny. Uh, well, I know, but at the time she doesn't she doesn't really that doesn't come to the to the top of it right away, right? Doesn't that come a little bit later? Or do you know it's nanny from the jump? Whatever. You, I mean, when she tells that story, it's basically like my father was a piece of shit. He yeah. drove my mother away because he was having an affair. He he always poked at me in a in a mean way, and I snapped at him on Christmas Eve and killed him. Um, uh, uh, and then, then we met soon after, um, then we get uh, a little bit more, uh, as we learn about the cop guy, do we learn about the daughter at that point? Or I guess I learned about the daughter when I looked at his phone after I hawked yeah, him. Yeah, same. Uh, I was like, oh, he has a daughter. He's trying to get this watch so he can pay for her chemo uh, treatments. Basically, um, you can call her to try to like get her to talk him down and let him know that things aren't as bad, not as simple as he thinks they are. Um, and the the big reason for this, that the big piece of evidence that you end up having, which I don't understand truly, is a photo. Fr- he, I guess, he says that the guy died on the thirty first, not on the twenty fifth, right? Yes, he died on New Year's Eve, not so, on the so that. And to prove that you that it's not her, you have a Polaroid of her on the thirty first at a coffee shop in the neighborhood you're in, hundreds of miles away from where her father was killed. Yeah. This is correct, Rob. What are you going to say? It makes sense until the twist, at which point it doesn't make sense at all. Yes, which is why I don't think the twist. This is why I don't think any of the shit's real. It's because I think it, all the logic falls apart. Anyway, Wait, what do you? Uh, so the which I think what the next step is in this. You realize is this around when you realize? So okay. Oh, so he when he's dying, he calls out a name. You get more detail from. Once, once you're able to be like, hey, I'm stuck in a time loop. Uh, there's a guy coming to arrest us. I need you to be straight up with me. We need to interview this guy. I got his, his daughter to call him and calm him down. Uh, we can talk it out. Uh, here's it a photo. That, where you have the flashback, though? I think like before. No. You need this show to trigger the, the flashback. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah, you need to show him the photo of, of your wife from eight years ago. Then he says, you're able to be like, well, give me more details on the killing. What happened? And he says, like, oh, uh, he said he was saying monster, monster, monster over and over again as he was dying. And I thought he was talking about whoever, you know, I, I knew he was talking about whoever killed him. I thought he was talking about his daughter. Um, why? Why did he think that the daughter did it? 
What's uh, one reason he thought the daughter did it? I think, oh, the watch. Uh, apparently, the watch goes missing, and then she tries to pawn it, and he tries oh, to... Oh, right, right. right. He's, yeah, she tries to have the video of the pawning. Yeah. Right, yes, good. Um, She's like, we're, we're having a baby, and we don't even have a TV, so <laughs> we need money. But she doesn't pawn it, right? She decides no. it's crack valid. open a bottle yeah. of tap water for our celebration dinner. We That's need a... To- that's a wild, like, he's really good at tracking people down if he managed to track down someone who didn't actually pawn the watch. Right. <laughs> he just has, like, just thought cam- about it. camera footage of every pawn shop in well, the but city. That's, I, that's think, like, I think it was, speak. like, went through with, but then didn't probably didn't think, get enough from the pawn shop and decided to back out. So, like, the pawn, the, the, the paperwork the, was the filed. Guy, but no, no, the guy there probably was, like, he like called the, yeah. I right. think it's, it's probably like a, a safe bet yeah. to say that we don't know this, but actually <laughs> she tried to pawn it through Pawn Stars. Right. And decided <laughs> right. once right. Yeah, uh-huh. once the once they all decided like it's not worth that much, lady, she just decided to hang on to it. But uh-oh, this guy was traveling the country on this case and he turned on the TV in his hotel room and bam, there's <laughs> right. Pawn Stars. There she is. There and she is. he's <laughs> like it's on. So we think Defoe is just like in a car just like going from from state to state, just uh, but also making sure to be in his hotel room in time to Watching watch Pawn, Pawn Stars, Stars just in case. Got to get home for Pawn Stars tonight. Yeah. So <laughs> with that information, you end up asking her, "Who was Monster? Did Monster mean anything to you?" And she says, "Oh, the he had a kid by the nanny, and the nanny who he's having an affair with." And my mother used to call him the little monster, the monster over and over again. I don't understand the timeline on any of this Mm -hmm. because my understanding is the mother left when she was two years old. The nanny. Yeah. Why is. Sorry, the the, no, I thought her mother left. When when did her mother mom died at the same time? Mom left. So that she's a little baby. Yes. Yeah. So how does she remember anyone saying mother? Or saying monster. Oh, it was her mom. Her mom doesn't die. It's protected. But her mom leaves, right? Because their relationship. Right, but but you know, you still talk to it, even though they're sure your parents are divorced. Okay. You still talk to the so other then, one. So where like, is this child? So then, where is monster at? They don't know, right? Like that's the thing. She then doesn't why know. Why is he called a little? Mo- then why is he being called a little monster? Well, because, because he destroyed are, their marriage, right? Exactly. Because okay. people are assholes. And so that's not the way that we would. Children. I would never right. call. Yeah, but I would call a little monster someone who's like re- running roughshod through a house, right? Not. Do you know what I mean? Not like so hitting the. <laughs> maybe this is a, yeah. a localization thing. You know what I mean? Maybe this is a an English thing where like. That's just not. I would never be like, oh, that baby I've never met is a monster. I would reserve monster for a little asshole baby. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So, for whatever reason, the father says monster. You realize you're the. You realize in this moment. Is this the moment you realize you're the you're the brother? You got well, ask no. The name. There's a yeah. So like, the, I mean, there was the one player, final. Loop. Sorry. Right. What is the what is yes the, 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 final, the final loop is where you by giving by like. Connecting the dots between the nannies, the, who, the nanny right. having a kid, a and kid then, whose name is like, a, or, and okay. the nanny has a. Then, so this is name. this yeah. is the part where like it oh begins just unravel. So like you get the full story, and then From if you the use the baby T, the baby mm-hmm. onesie on the guy, he's like, uh, so what? What was her name? And he's like, oh, something to do with a flower. You present him with. You can't this. just say Dahlia, a thing you yeah. know. Yeah. In the same way that when you're trying to convince your wife that it's a that it's a. Uh, a time loop. You can't just say 
I mean, eventually you do get the ability to just say it, but there are things right. that you that you get early on in that game. Where like, can't I just say the words? Why do I need to produce evidence for you? To like, it's a Phoenix Wright game. <laughs> so once you do that, and it's like, yes. yeah, Dahlia, that was her name. Your character has a meltdown. No, right. no and it's full right. Oedipus yeah. Rex, like about to gouge his own eyes out, etc. Um, and, and then we, we the cut flashback. to. Yes, Kato, I was going yes. there. Sorry. Uh, we cut to the flashback where Willem Dafoe still, yeah, uh, weird, is now the dad um, with hair, and. with hair and a big bushy beard, and the cop doesn't have hair. No, you are having this conversation where he's like, "You son of a bitch! How dare you try to marry my daughter? She's your sister, you sicko!" And some like. The conversation unfolds. You have a variety of ways to respond, but no matter how you respond, he will end up pulling a gun on you and like trying to kill you. And in this ensuing struggle, he right. will be shot and uh, expire in, in in the struggle. And so it turns out that you, one, yeah, you're you're a brother. Two, Whoops. you're the killer. What? Three, you don't remember. You don't remember. You just <laughs> forgot. And when you go back, when you when the loop begins and you start to like level with her, like, hey, listen, there's a lot of things. There's something I forgot and I wish I could do differently. And I'm like, what? you for, like you for, what forgot. What do you mean you forgot? What do you mean? What do you, you mean can't. You and also, game, you can't introduce that. This is right. Yeah. Introduce an explanation for it. This is why Did I don't he, think it's was happening. He, was he hit in the head? Like a, like Wait, a, a I trauma? I thought the explanation was at the end, right? Like the, the final ending. Isn't what he, do you think the explanation is? He's being hypnotized to forget. He wants to be in this relationship so bad that he gets hypnotized to forget well, that he that is you can her get brother. To that, you can get to that situation and not choose that ending. You don't have to go through with that hypnotism. Huh. But is that, I mean, right. Video there, game there endings, are, there I guess. Are, That's the one I got. Well, so like right no you can also choose you can also this is the thing is you can also choose I'm going to tell her the truth and leave it's better well, that we're not together right and then that puts you in a version of the house that has all the furniture removed you're completely alone in it huh. um so and you can say that that's not the canon ending you can say that that's that I don't know that that gets you credits I think that just puts you there as like a new game state right you get. Uh, um, so when you go back, you have a variety of ways to try to like decide how you're going to deal with this. And you can try to level with her and she will storm out and leave. Uh, the cop is still coming. It's still that night. And so now you, you do learn things. You can call his daughter and say something to her that makes him disappear completely. Basically, you tell her that, hey, your dad is going to try to steal this thing because he's desperate for you. Right. Um, and if she calls him, he will not come. So like, for instance, you might just try to be like, None of this shit's going to happen. Like we're like all like the bodies better stay buried. Uh, you get the groundhog achievement, but in the end, the loop will will continue. The only way to break break the loop is and this is where Patrick was stuck. You go and you find the watch and it turns out the watch is magical. It's magical. Um, yeah. In part because of the hypnosis thing, I guess. Um, and if you stare at the watch, it will begin spinning backwards um, and take you back to her father's office, except it's not. Like, this is not the conversation you had. This is like a uh, state in a limbo conversation mm -hmm. where he's like, you need to figure out what you want to do. This is the dad to, to your character. You need to figure out how you want also, to handle this. Also, is it? It is. Or is it right? just, I mean, in Cotter's read, it is, it is not the actual father. It is a therapist who's hypnotizing you. Because he's also right? he's bald, right? Like it, it, it looks bald. I mean, more he looks like, like the, cop. the cop. 
Oh, right. It's the cop. Right. So maybe in that read, it is yeah. the, in that read is this whole, this whole thing is, is this a, like you're projecting that, that person, that person. into your mind in that way right. to fill that, those roles, which is why he's the voice of both the father and the cop. Yeah. But then why the fuck do I care about the cop's daughter? Dude. I, I don't is the answer. And right. this is. And the other thing is, like, then Only- why do I care about these characters? Because, like, mm-hmm. you're – so the initial horror of this is, like, you're just – every, you're in an everyman situation. It is this important landmark night and everything comes crashing in. The past, you know, rises up to consume the future. Right. Pretty, you know, that's a good, you know, foundation for a story. That's a, that's a cool story. And for a long time, it is kind of cool, like – Figuring out how these pieces lock together, like the fact that the picture of her on New Year's, uh, you know, is sort of a key to the thing. Um, having the mystery starting to unravel, all this sort of works. But in the end, the entire thing hinges on um, if you're if you're saying that like this is literally what's happening and it's not just all projection, mm. then the secret, the key to the story was always held by your character. And it's not even justified how he forgot. He just, he, I did. Whoops. Um, and it's like, you could have at least gestured to, he somehow suppressed it. But his argument is, I just forgot. I just straight up like moved on from this and didn't think about See, it. That's, that's why it's I like, thought you that don't forget ending. something like that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. why I thought that I one can, ending was specifically like the reason he doesn't know is that he got it hypnotized away. Right. Like he went through hypnosis in order to forget that piece right. of information. The thing is that same that same thing that leads to the hypnotists the 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 continue ending the ending of I don't want to know let's just live our lives is also there's also a way for that to end with the quote unquote hypnotist having his neck snapped against the bookshelf <laughs> as he as he falls right or is that yeah that all that I was I saw that like four times that happened for me that was not Jesus just the, the yeah so that conversation if you so okay but does it loop again you have then? the big reveal. Yeah, it absolutely loops again. Well, or do I cause it to loop by using the the watch again? Do I get back there? Because because the you, one if you, do, if you do the true yes. ending, yes. the one where you yes. like get hypnotized, the game just starts over. You lose your save. Yeah, that's the and that's why I think yeah. that's definitely the true ending. Right, the true end, which is also a thing we're talking about is like the true ending for this character is you know. I'm not going to tell her that I'm actually her. It's awful. It doesn't reckon. There's 100%. no. There's no like post credit well, scene also, where it's like it already hey. happened, right? This is this is in the past technically, yeah, right? It's, I guess that's a, yeah. that's the thing but because the clock when you look at the, when you stare at the clock it goes backwards. It, it rewinds it backwards. Implies yeah, 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 that definitely. you're going in the past. Yes. But I don't know like, that it's actually the, happening. This is the story key that you're finding out at the end, but right. It like I don't I the thing is I have no trust that it actually happened at all so much as that it's a visualization of someone who is working through their own repress deciding right. whether or not to continue repressing this versus because the only right. reason I say that is because we do have the potential outcome in which he moves into a house or he he's left alone in this house. Well, which that was again, what I chose. Like when right. when I was given the option, I was like, I was like, yes, this is the moment the game is leading me toward. I'm gonna have to make the responsible decision here. I'm gonna have to dig deep. Yep, and not fuck my sister. <laughs> like just uh, like really gonna have to like reckon with this and this uh-huh. idyllic marriage and the shitty little apartment this honeymooner situation is not in fact wincest mm-hmm. and it is in fact something we need to like leave address behind. and move the fuck on from yes yeah. and i was uh-huh. like let's do it and it's like isn't this sad you live in a void uh like there there is nothing now and the game isn't over and i'm like 
I feel like undoing this horrible decision to be like, you know, what? I'm just not going to tell her. Which also, yeah. why did you? You don't get any insight. The insight that I wanted is not the insight of, um, why don't you remember? It was why did you go down this road to begin with? Is this like did your character plot right. for this to happen? Did it? Did they happen to run into each other in the city one day? And that's not why. I, that's it? why I expected there, like other vignettes that yes. were like elaborated on all. They're meeting like I, on a date. They're at a friend's right. party. They're yeah. Uh huh. Here's the other thing. He could be bad. He could be a bad person who makes a bad choice, and the true ending like could be subversive. And they're like, well, the true ending is that he's a monster. That, you know, I can I could live with that ending totally. and this and this weird old boy bullshit that it's pulling from but uh the fact that we don't get any of that also the logic doesn't all make just, sense if you actually believe when the father scene happens right well also okay. they meet One on christmas there. and so like a week later he knows the truth already and or has he been secretly following his sister Dude, like the life falls, <laughs> there's one other thing that falls apart which is he couldn't have taken the Polaroid on the night the murder happened. Right. He's off doing no, no, he did, he did But it. after he did the realization, it. when you go to the room, all the paintings have changed and right. the photo True. on the uh, on the fridge is different. But oh. again, like it's yeah, like in the first photo, she is in a party dress for New Year's and the like bar is decked out for New Year's. It's got little like fairy lights on the back. Yeah. yeah. When you've had the realization, if you go back, first of all, all the photos in there, all the paintings in the room are like. Um, of death, uh, like so, the trees now that that, that oh, landscape no. is now a barren winter landscape. If you go into the bedroom, the Art Deco poster where a man and woman are dancing on a balcony. Now the it is a sort of man alone, uh, sort of staring out into the night mm-hmm. on a balcony, and the egg now has a monster's eye cracking through <gasps> the shell. Gasp. Uh-huh. Um, and so, but the the photo is now she's just wearing like a green hoodie. And it just looks like a normal night at the bar. So it's either not New Year's or but right. the game still tells you that photo somehow proves something. And right, right, but like right. it couldn't because either way, you're the guy behind the Polaroid and it's, it's the night of the murder. That's that's I so in some one of the loops I got her. I like showed her the Polaroid and. Yeah, right, right, right. He says like that night. he says uh, you're lucky they took it. Because like it was like somebody at the at somebody the, else somebody right. else there took the thing at the right? bar at the or bar whatever, or whatever. Yeah. and then but she it, says we hooked up a week later yeah which and, again <laughs> yeah so then he did all this timeline. and he was like I just ant- dad I think I just anticipate right that it's gonna go this way we haven't met yet no but she's out there well he and- he, he he does specific in that the the, the dad also does say like ask me like he asked for he's asking for permission like you're the the, yeah, the yeah, main yeah. character is asking for permission at that point which is a weird thing but also like i guess that makes a, a little bit more sense as to like why he's talking to her but it hasn't they haven't actually met yet i guess is like i think i'm into her or something i don't know it's when would they have, weird. when when would they have met hmm. just by for the fact that they have the same dad and he knows the truth but she doesn't or something i don't know she doesn't know right like it's the, so fu- right. well he's and and the part of part of why part of this logic breaking down actually makes me fall further into your read, Austin, of the whole yeah. thing being a I therapy session 
that is that's why it's looping it's because you're work like the he's working you're through working the thing. through yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think that mm-hmm. ends up making more sense would have been better framing just be explicit about it right Actually but like made the no whole like thing feel better thing. i left that thinking that it was literally just about him forgetting and that's why he forgot right and the stuff well, still happened, yeah right because it, it says that this is happening in the past from the moment you pick up the watch right the watch symbolism of going back in time yeah. is what f- kind of fucked my reading of being able to say that as like oh no this is this whole thing has been a therapy session rather than just that but now it's the metaphorical could we what would you do if you could do things differently and the solution to the therapy is this is you just have to play it as it lays basically yep. and just move on from this moment right which like and by the way, I could also understand- it's, it's a it's adopting like specifically like it's not just play it just wipe my mind, Doc. It's like well, she reads this book about meditation and mindfulness. <laughs> that, and, yeah. like it's yep. literally like <laughs> in this book, there's a line she she said to me once in this repeating dream loop I'm in about just you know living with just living with it, just li- living the in exact the moment. Line. It's only living when in the moment, basically. Right, something about threads of time. Leaving yeah. the moment, yeah, something like that. I forget exactly so, what it is. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, if if the game ended with making a case of, like, this is so fucked up that, like, there is no way to untangle this without shattering many lives, and to a degree, some truths are best left buried, I would get it at the end. Mm-hmm. But it instead, doesn't make that case. It, it doesn't. And in right. the end, like, when you, like, there's no version where you, t- like, t- explain, like, unpack what's happened. There's no version where you tell her anything. That she's not like you've destroyed my life, and you know what? Fair, like yeah, it yeah, is yeah, totally. We're eight years into a marriage, and the entire time you've been like, oh, just do I tell her about her dad and me? No, no, I don't do that. Um, yeah, it's it's so it's right. In other words, it's not like it's not like there's like even the the alibi line where it's like if I just didn't know why'd you tell me God. if you just didn't tell me I'd and be happy even, to live da, 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 there's da, da, da. even a subtext where no. she's excited to have a family every single no. dialogue your your character is not your character's deeply ambivalent about it your character doesn't have a great reaction to this news no. you can eventually work your way to where he plays the part correctly but for the most part most of his dialogue options are like how does this happen what so like to a degree for eight years he's been putting off starting a family because he's like uh, I know that that maybe is not advisable. You see um, that to me is my read is very much that that it has been an anxiety for him for eight years and that this is him working through that anxiety to make a decision to either fully suppress it or to leave. Also, I did just I just checked two things. One, credits do play for the alone ending. It's just that you can still grab the watch and go back in time, but the credits do hit for that. Huh. So I I would count that as an ending. Yeah. That said. The the ending where you where you decide to like mind wipe and go forward is the one that shows you the credits and you just come back to the very beginning. Your your save gets deleted. Um, the second thing is the beginning of the talk with the dad in the flashback when he's kidnapped you. Which is the other thing? Remember, he is you tied up in that flashback. Yeah. Um, which is like already like all right, what the fuck is happening? Uh, in that. He's like, what is it that you want with with my daughter? And you don't get you don't get to to choose your initial response, which is. Your character says, I just I, I just feel so much for her. I love her with all of I can't stop feeling for her. I love her with all of my heart. I love her with everything in me. And it's like I, I don't I don't know when that would have happened. Right. I don't understand the timeline here. So uh, yeah. Anyway, th- this is what I mean is that like I think it does such a good job with 
all right, there's a guy coming in the house and like, how do we deal with that? And like, what's the mystery behind all, the, all these people are connected in this weird way and trying to unpack it. And then the second you get to the scene, you have to then start thinking in these metaphorical or psychological terms. And it doesn't, there's no on-ramp to be like, well, did any of this actually happen? It doesn't right. even like do uh it's not like it's like being John Malkovich, you're on the seven and a half floor. Uh-oh, we were stepping beyond the threshold into a realm of weirdness. You're supposed to treat it all like it really fucking happened. And when you do that, none of it makes sense to me. Well, and also, it, I, I think the everyone here is a little hung up on the timeline, whereas like I I gave no shits about that. I just revolted at the, the plotting itself. Right. Like the twist itself was so hackneyed and gross. It's a very hackneyed. This and, is, uh, and, and yeah. unearned that I yeah, know yeah. I... I spent no time like looking up any information about the game. It was that point, like once I had any roadblocks on progressing to the ending, it was find me a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm wholly uninterested. So, once it became clear that the game didn't have, I didn't even care about the answers. I didn't yeah. want an explanation because it was a, st- it was a stupid twist. Like it, it completely ruined everything in the game like i wanted nothing to do going forward I, there was no good explanation except for what i'd rationalized in my head was that oh i'm a third through this is a head fake <laughs> You're almost this there. isn't actually what's going on there will actually be some some other plot twist that takes us in a different direction <laughs> i was so thoroughly convinced <laughs> because at no in no world could i conceive that this is actually what was happening in the story because right. it seems so stupid um yeah. And and of course that's what actually and we happened. and writers we got to put the incest plot twist under glass and there's got to be a flow chart like leading you to that yeah, but largely away yeah. from it because the thing is like I don't I feel like this didn't used to always be in so many fucking stories but I feel like in the last like twenty twenty five years it has just become more and more common across like uh mystery and thriller fiction etc where like you can't it's so weird to go back to like a movie like chinatown where like the twist is like you know who is she she's my sister slap my daughter boom Mm -hmm. like it's a shocking moment it's gut-wrenching and there's like this like mounting sense of horror as the truth comes spilling out it's a great sequence at this point it would be cliche because like i think if people raised on in the modern media ecosystem, like watch Chinatown. They'd be like, I'll yeah. tell you what happened there because that's what <laughs> happens in stories like this now. Right. And so it's this, it's this other weird thing of like, it's become this go-to of like, how do I make this really twisted? How do I show the situations really fucked up? I'll introduce this element to it, whether or not it makes sense or whether or not it's just like in tacky poor taste. Um, because the other thing is it really kind of exists there to make it so that them having a kid breaks this powerful social taboo, right? Like that exists for like deep, like both social and biological reasons. Um, and so it's the way to make it so that the other transgression he's committed, which is he's left her on the hook for murder. She didn't commit for eight years, um and has buried this like horrible family secret um instead it now centers on this other like illicit taboo relationship um and not just on if this were as character driven as i think it wants to be at times it's in a lot of ways a story about a breach of trust right that like Mm -hmm. she's been holding she's been hiding something from him for from him for like eight years and it turns out that like He's held the key to that secret and she didn't need to carry it. That's a that's an interesting conflict. 
But the game kind of deep sixes that where it's like, by the way, and your siblings. <laughs> and yeah, I was I was with you. Pat. Like the minute that happened, I was just like, I think we're done here. Because also immediately I was like, and you're a much stupider story than I thought you were. Right. Mm, right. I, yeah. I got dinner with some friends the other day or I got brunch with some friends the other day and they were talking about I, we were talking about the game. I was like, you tell me what you think this game is about based on what you know about it from like a trailer and any conversation. Like, OK, so there's this guy who's like a cop and he comes to get you. But like, he seems like he's not a good cop. I think it's about like his his whole situation. I was like, all right, you got to talk to me the second you are done this game and, <laughs> and, and think about what I'm thinking about as you're telling me this. Think about what I'm hearing you say this is about a crooked cop. What must be going on in my mind when you figure out what is actually going on in this game? This, is, what, this, not, is, what, this is this yes. is where, where my, my encouragement to, to play this game to this point, which at that point, if you've made it that far, you can, you can, you can just probably just you know, get to watch the end of the it, endings or yeah, watch yeah, the yeah, ending or whatever. Guy. But um, because I, I just don't. You know, when you see it, when it is deployed, you know, I don't even know, you know, I mean, there are movies like Old Boy where like, OK, I guess like the the, the shock of it, you know, works for, for the story that's being told. But I don't know. Yeah. I, like Rob said, it's, it's got to be. It's gotten increasingly common in terms of. It's too like, common for like the shock. Of so TV it's not shows. shocking. Yeah. It is now it's 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 hackneyed. Like oh, now, we're just now doing it's, Bad Lieutenant King's Landing. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's everywhere. And it's it's I, I think that like for me, I would have if they had. The landing that they could have stuck would have meant doing anything with it, and they just don't. Like, it is right. that's the other thing. It's like, it's played for shock, and then. <laughs> and the of, game's over. Then the game's over. Do you know what I mean? You they don't, don't talk have, about it. They don't, like, right. resolve. Exactly. There's no. Exactly. You know, if there had been a long, extended, you know, unpacking on the couch between the couple, I, you know, I, I don't know how I would have felt about the decision they came to, but at least it would have felt like they came to a decision right. or an understanding, right. or at least opened the door. To have it's, that, it's interesting because it's treated as like a, it's treated as an end point or as a fracture that the narrative itself can't grapple with. Given that the endings are, hey, I'm going to tell her the truth and then leave and separate, and that conversation doesn't actually happen so much as you have it for like two seconds and then she shuts down, and like no one's allowed to process this. Or they're come all to, or bad. She they're is not all allowed to horrible handlings or, of a right, trauma, or we're going to pretend it never happened and go on living. None of it lives inside of that space where, it, like, it's interesting that it wants to deploy it without actually engaging with it because it, 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 the story itself thinks that it's more shocking or more weighty than it, than it's treated in media writ large at this right. point where it's just deployed loosely. Well, and maybe um, that's, maybe that does actually, I have no idea what is the evolution of the storytelling on the creative right, end, right. but you know, you noted that this game has been in development longer than even I had suspected, yeah. you know, it is, it is possible that like at the time of this original writing, I still think it would have like, it's pretty ham fisted, like yeah. in, in presentation. Yeah. Like if this was just released five years ago, I still uh, think it would have like, I, I would have, I would have still wanted the resolution or, you know, something else after this pivot. Um, but it could also be the case that, you know, it became, it became more hacked over time. Um, but I still think it would have had, Lots of problems regardless. Well, we also just had six years of playing other games that deal with heavy topics and deal with drama yeah. and deal with narrative, you know, complexity. Um, uh, you know, it's one of the most interesting things about going back and looking at the 2015 build is that the game is there and the thing that has not yet been applied to it is a particular model of, of game industry polish. This like, it's an Annapurna game. It, it, it has Hollywood voice actors it has experimental motion capture. It has all this stuff that's like, 
you know, this this special score, you know, all that stuff that is like, oh, okay, uh, we have a we have put this 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 story that's existed for six years as it is through a machine through the processes that make it an Annapurna special. And you know, I like Annapurna games. Yes. <laughs> um, but what the fuck do they know about incest? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm no. I'm always saying. I, I'm always saying. Uh, Kanye West. Kanye West once said, "I love some of the Gaga songs." But what the fuck does she know about cameras? Because she had a because <laughs> she was chosen as as a Polaroid creative director one year as like yeah. a you know the way yeah. that companies do that. Right. Um, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. But like, it just it's whatever the heart of that story was did not benefit. From James McAvoy and Willem Dafoe, and I, I, I think Daisy really does an okay job, but I think McAvoy is so bad in this role for me. It just constantly, all of his little grunts, all of his little one-liners when he starts the loop back up, is they're like they just take. It's me very, it's very out clear. It. Like this is why you pay a Nolan North, right? It's Where like, it's yeah. it's uh-huh. like like doing these little loops and injecting with a bit of personality and character, like. It's a skill. And also, but skill. It, do, it doesn't help that your character, because this twist is coming, has to remain a cipher. Like, at no point, and I think this is ultimately, what had me so excited about this game was that actually it would be sort of a relationship pressure cooker. I actually didn't even need there to be much of a backstory. For me, the idea like- of it being a home invasion thing that turns into the spiral of, like, nightmarish, like, crime movie complications Mm-hmm. Where suddenly your relationship is in this is, is under this pressure cooker. You're dealing with the person who's taking you hostage. I think there's some endings. Maybe there's some trailers that alluded to the possibility. No, it's just the fact that he announces himself as a cop. The notion that like maybe she is implicated in something, and like how well do you really know this person? Like you're married to them, but like maybe they did do a horrible thing. You're not. All that stuff really intrigued me. Instead, the entire thing hinges on this twist that's really poorly justified, and it all comes at the cost of being able to flesh out this relationship very well. Um, and so, like, when you, you know, if you're confronted with this dilemma, I guess we'll call it, of like, should he stay or should he go? The things that we give it stakes and weights is a sense of like, well, who are these people, right? Like, it, it might be from as fucked up as the premise is. We've seen their relationship. We know who they are. And like in our hearts, we want them to like have happy lives. Um, you know, that's that's the tragedy of this. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's just like, sorry, babe. Sorry, babe. Forgot I'm your brother and I killed your dad. <laughs> babe, where are you going? Babe. Uh, it's- I pour this nice glass of tap water for you. <laughs> what, you I wanted the filter? I, I didn't spike it this time. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, the thing, another thing I just want to say briefly is, and I, building off of this, I, one of my thoughts last week when y'all were talking about this and specifically talking about the way violence is depicted in where it's like very sharp and sudden, um, often done to the wife, uh, most, most directly that you also do a lot of it yourself, um, to, to the, to the, the cop, um, you, at the time I was like, it's kind of it's kind of frustrating that this thing that is meant to be this kind of experimental story heavy thing is nonetheless beset by the need to depict violence at in these ways because video games. Um, and at the time I was like, I don't want to say that out loud. Cause I like, I don't know. Violence is a tool in the, in the narrator in, in the narrative toolbox. Like I, I use violence a lot as a storyteller. I like violence in stories. It's, it can be exciting and dramatic and dynamic and metaphorical and all the other things. 
Um, uh, but having now played it, I had a, I, I, I thought a lot about other games that are not the same, but are in conversation with similar things. I thought a lot about Dinner Date, which was a game from like the early 2010s in which you're playing uh, someone who's getting stood up for a date and you're just clicking on kind of thought bubbles as you think through what the process, what what you're feeling at that time and your character just narrates. And like, you know, it's very much early 2010s uh, experimental narrative game, right? Early indie game uh, uh, space. Um, uh, uh, and things like that where like, you know, there's a lot of space for this to have just been my dinner with Andre or, or you know, maybe maybe more tense than my dinner with Andre, mm-hmm. right? Maybe maybe you still build to a fight and a walkout. Maybe you still build to the to the big incest reveal, right? But it's all just the stuff you're doing in this house and the way that it changed in this apartment, the way it changes the vibe, the way it pushes on the conversation, without it being the big dramatic crime thriller. And I and I because I don't think it has the I don't think it has the the stuff it needs to be to be the big, big dramatic crime thriller. And I almost wish we just uh, there'd been more time and space spent in that opening seven minutes of the of the 12 minutes where more things could happen there between these two people where we have to see those two people, have them explore ver- various relationship dynamics, see how a dinner can go different ways. And and it's a kind of a bummer that like the place it it felt the place that the designer felt it had to go or the place the designer brought it to was is this big schlocky reveal instead of. Here's like uh, again a pressure cooker situation. Here are two people whose futures are on the line, which is true even without the cop showing up. They're about mm-hmm. to have a baby. You're telling me you couldn't come with good material for just like the baby talk, <laughs> and like yeah. you've already picked a name out for the baby, and, and it's my mom's the, name. Also, you murdered his you you somehow right. you murdered her dad. Like that's enough. Like that right. like that's, that's enough an, for enough. like it's for enough. a short story. That's enough dramatic weight. You think she missed when she fired at her dad and just thought she hit the dad? Hmm. No, she wounded him. Yeah. He was fine when he was torturing me. Seven days later. He's, he's more ornery because yeah. okay. of it. <laughs> Got it. Oh, man. She anyway, only shot one minutes. shot. You shot two shots. You shot that's two. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's the difference. That's 12 minutes. An interesting experiment that I don't... Th- I can't I can't imagine sitting with that game's narrative done for five years. And again, maybe it didn't. Maybe it's not 100% done, but... You go watch that footage. It's it's they know he knows what the fuck he's doing with that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just sitting with it and being like, I yeah, I don't know. I but don't that's know. how you can get blinders. You know, like we, yeah, we you're right earlier yeah. in this podcast. Like I worked on an article for three months and yeah. I can look at it anymore. Like, oh, does yeah. this make sense? I need quite literally other people to tell me if there are mistakes in this piece. And I'll answer your questions about it. But I these words have ceased to make. Uh, says to me. So uh, good luck, Austin. You'll go work on something for a couple of years and yeah, it'll be great. Um, look be at it objectively. Uh huh. Be a nightmare. Um, I'm excited about it, but but you know the very funny I'm, thing is actually we're out of we're out of order here in terms of the show, but actually we're very well <laughs> set up for a pivot to a different show that explores mm-hmm. a game that explores psychology and does it more adroitly. I can um, do that throw retroactively, yeah. and then Kato, you leave this in at the end. That way, it's like they're starting a time. Oh wow! Yeah, the watch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and that time that that goes uh you're speaking about games that uh have a lot to say about the internal psychology of of their characters.